Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real goes right. My hat is not fixed right, but there it is. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk live here on YouTube. Welcome to everyone listening on Spotify Apple Podcast. Real Take Sports Talk 75. My God, it has been a long, long time since I've seen any of you. It's been a long time since I've seen this guy, Ben, the coot couch nap. There we go. That's how you say that. Yeah. The couch nap, Ben Greenberger. Ben, how you doing? Uh, I'm, as I said to you off air just now, I'm having the worst allergy day of all time. Uh, doing the classic thing where uh, I forget what time of year it is and then start sneezing. And I'm like, oh, probably should have bought some allergy medication like a week or two ago. But you know what? I'm a man. You know what? We, we fight through this we, because uh, men. So, yeah. Men. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, moving, uh, guys, we got a wonderful show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft. We're going to be talking about snowflake of the week, Baker Mayfield. Yes, that is a segment I'm doing from now on. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for inspiring such snowflakery. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you don't understand how many people I pissed off in the comments when I made a video of it. Like, like the title of the video was, Aaron Rodgers, like snow, like NFL snowflake or something. It didn't like say who it was, and then they you get to the video. It's just Aaron Rodgers, like you know, like saying like random stuff about COVID and complaining. Like I have to get tested. It doesn't matter. I make thirty million dollars a year for not winning Super Bowls. I, I it, it's it's a violation of my rights. I'm just like, dude, what a little snowflake. Uh, the comment section of that video was amazing. Uh, thank you all for the engagement on that. By the way, yeah. <laughs> idiots anyway <laughs> how many uh how many how many i guess covid controversies has he had compare what, what's his covid controversy to mvp ratio because i feel like uh, it's probably getting up there i mean look i mean like he at this point i mean look he he had the thing where he where he you know he had the big thing with pat mcafee on his show right where he was just saying like all that stuff and then he got and then he got it so that was like another one and that was more right. like people ha ha at him and then he had like another one where he just like came back after he had COVID and was talking about, you know, the uh, woke mob that was coming after him. Uh, and then he had another one when him and his uh, fiance, who, by the way, is like one of the big, big, like biggest socialists like in the world, uh, like, which is ironic when you, when you think about it. And when you bring it up to, to you know, right wing people in sports talk comment sections, they don't like it. They, they get very angry about it but it's true um but so there was another one there there's been a few you know he, he's just he's just look he he's too busy trying to make you know like super smack talk with the libs instead of winning super bowls i i don't get it. he's trying to own the libs man why don't you own some rings that's all i'm saying i mean he's trying to do more ownership than anybody has in the packers i mean nobody owns that team i guess he's just trying to own the libs as like a proxy like i almost know, is in charge here I almost bought yeah. the Packers. I almost bought a share of the Packers. I was thinking about it too. But I was like, I don't really care that much. I don't have, I don't have $300 to just spend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know what? I agree with you. It's like one of the things I didn't have $300. I did, but I also didn't have to spend on that. that that's what it came down yeah. to. You know, it was yeah. like, like this money could go to, to food or something else that I'd probably enjoy more than next time. Next, next, time. Time. next stock sale. I'm going to pledge right now the next Packers stock sale. I will think strongly, more strongly about buying a share. That's my pledge. I'm making that pledge. Oh, we're off to a great start here. We already have uh, we already have promises being made. 
Well, promises made, promises broken, because mm. we're talking about the NBA playoffs, and we're going to start off by talking about the man who's broken more promises throughout this league than anybody else. We're talking about James Harden. Ben, James Harden. First of all, the NBA playoffs, guys, in case you have missed it, it's kicking off this week. It already kicked off. You count the play-ins. I really don't count the play-ins, even though my team's in there. Go Cavs. We're going to lose to the Hornets because that's just what happens to the Cavs. They can't have good, nice things without LeBron. So two years from now, when Bronny is drafted by the Cavs and LeBron makes his return to Cleveland, we're going to be a real thing for a solid year. Anyway, James Harden, though. I want to start off our NBA playoff talk by talking about James Harden, who had some interesting comments when he was asked about it, whether or not he feels pressure. So with the post, with the first postseason game in Philadelphia set to begin on Saturday against the Raptors, Harden said he's not feeling any pressure at all to perform well for his new team. Quote, pressure? No. I feel good. I'm ready to hoop. There's nothing to it. This has brought a lot of baggage. This has brought a lot of people saying, hey, James, pressure, what have you done in the playoffs? You've never been to a finals. You never have, uh, you've never carried your team as far as they should be carried, whether it was Houston, whether it was the Nets, whether it was whoever you played for. It's just never worked out for you. Trevor, I mean, I almost called you Trevor. That's my other co-host's name. Ben, I know, right? Ben. Old habits die hard. I know. Ben, should James Harden feel the pressure of these NBA playoffs? I mean, should he? Yeah, probably. But, I mean, that would mean he's probably caring. I don't know if James Harden cares. I mean, what? He's been he's been averaging, like, 13 again. I mean, he's stunk. Like, I mean, he showed up, and they traded for James Harden. They got Jim Harden. People have been going to Brick Ross. I mean, the guy, he's, he's kind of stunk. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, and we all know what's coming. Like, it's it's James Harden in the playoffs. Do you expect James Harden to do anything for you in the playoffs? No. So, I mean, you know, should he feel pressure? Yeah. Pressure implies that he's expecting to do something. I think he probably knows that he's not going to do anything in the playoffs. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't trust the Sixers. I don't, I don't trust any team with James Harden in, it, in the playoffs. I'll say that. I trust James Harden. I trust the Sixers team. You know what I trust them to do? I trust them to go. They can go as far as the Eastern Conference Finals. But they're not getting... They're not going past that. I promise you that. Because at the end of the day, the one thing that James Harden has proved throughout his tenure is he will never be the guy to get you over that hump. He can get you to a certain extent. And I actually... like. Here's the thing. I'm not as, as down as other people are on James Harden specifically. I think that he's still got all the talent in the world. He's still at, towards the end of his prime, yes, but he's still in his prime. And on top of all of that, the reason he was bad for the Nets wasn't because his play legitimately declined. It's because he didn't want to fucking be there. So if he didn't want to be there, and and or if he didn't want to be there, and he's here now in Philadelphia and he's motivated, then a, I think he's gonna play well. I think he's going to he's going to do whatever he needs to do. To, to really solidify this team and, and take them as far as they need to go. But I what I don't believe is that James Harden is going to be the reason that this team makes an NBA Finals. I also don't think this team's going to make the NBA Finals. I think they have like they have two really good they have two really good players. One of them might be the MVP and Joel Embiid. Outside of that, they have solid pieces, but no one else that's going to be able to carry load 
once James Harden goes down or once James Harden doesn't show up in the Eastern Conference Finals or or if if Joel is having an off night. They don't have that third guy, and all due respect to Joel Embiid, he's not going to be Giannis. He's not going to be able to carry this team by himself. Like That's why, to me, when people ask me who's the best player in the world, it goes to Giannis, especially after he won that title last year. I think Giannis is the defending best player in the world. I still think Giannis is going to be the MVP or should be the MVP. That's just me. But look, I mean, when you're talking about J- Joel Embiid and James Harden, I know I understand MVPs like whatever people want it to be. If you're talking about most valuable player, the most valuable person on that team, on that court in Milwaukee, is always going to be Giannis out of the Kumpo. So that's just me. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, like James Harden, if he's not feeling any pressure, he probably should feel some pressure. He should probably. Probably stop visiting uh, down, you know, those, I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say something. Yeah, I mean, look, look, there's kids watching this. I already cussed, so it doesn't matter. Um, But no, you're right. It's 8 o'clock. You can say whatever you want after 8 o'clock. That's when they let the the dirty shows come on TV. That is true. That is true, man. We're going to get a nice deal on Cinemax one day. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, James Harden, ridiculous that he doesn't feel any pressure. Like, 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 here's the thing. If he doesn't write and his ambition isn't to win a title, that's that's one that's a separate thing, right? Yeah, like like you can have you know, and you can be ambitious enough to say, all right, I want to get to the NBA, be one of the top players in my generation. I don't necessarily need to win a title; I just need to be there. If that's all he wants to be, if that's what he wants to be remembered by, then yeah, okay, James Harden has accomplished everything he needed to or wanted to in the NBA. But if he actually wants to win, whether he says it or not, he better be feeling some pressure because at the end of the day, you got to have that extra motivation. You got to have that extra extra pressure to keep you on your feet, which we know James Harden, when it comes down to those big moments in the playoffs, sometimes, you know, he feels a little too relaxed and he'll be Brick Ross, like you said. So, man, the dude's got to dude's gotta buckle up, man. He, he's in for, they're in for a tough ride, these playoffs, because the East is better than a lot of people think it is. Like, it's not garbage. The East is better than a lot of people think it is. Yeah. And I, the other thing, too, is, like, you can usually watch a, a game, any sport, really, and and tell just by watching a player's uh, demeanor, uh, mannerisms, like, just general body language, how they carry themselves, like, the way that and, – and also their level of play, like, whether that person is a champion. You don't need to win a championship. You don't need to have won a championship to be a guy who's going to win a championship one day. You don't need to have won a championship already to be a guy who's like, yeah, look at that guy. That guy's a champion. I look at Joel Embiid like, yeah, that's a guy that wants to win championships. In his heart, he's a champion. I've never looked at James Harden and been like, yeah, that guy's a champion. Like, There's there's just certain guys who don't have that, like uh, – intangible that leadership characteristic the the characteristic where it seems like they want to win where they seem like they're putting winning above everything um james harden has never struck me as that there's nothing wrong with that if that's not your goal like when he was on houston and everything obviously he got them to the point of being able to like contend but you know he wasn't brought in with the goal of winning a championship like i'm, I'm looking at some of the slides that are scrolling past right now right Jimmy Butler, that's a guy who wants to win, right? There's there's a culture down there in Miami that if you want to play on that team, you have to be a guy who's like, in your heart, you're a champion. 
there are some teams that are being built just to like, you know, contend, win a bunch of games, but not really win a championship. And they're not bringing in guys that are interested in winning championships. I almost feel like, um, I guess Embiid being that sort of guy, like that sort of champion in Philly might not be a great fit because it doesn't seem like that's a team that's bringing in the right personalities to win a championship. I'm, I'm going to go out and, and start the free Joel movement right now, because I don't think they're surrounding him with the right personalities, the right players that have the right intangibles to win a championship there. I just don't. So I think if he's going to eventually fulfill his potential of being a champion that I think he should have, I think it has to be in a place that's not Philly. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Joel Embiid, a few years ago, he signed that massive contract, right? $196 million. He's not going to play out that contract. I think he has, like, what, three years left in that deal now? He's not playing out the rest of that contract. Or or he's not going to play out the entirety of that contract. That last year, I promise you, something's going to give. And if the Philadelphia 76ers have not won yet, I'm telling you, he's gone. Like, He's, and they're going to get a whole lot of draft picks for him. They're going to get a whole lot of really good prospective players. But they're going to be looking at themselves and they're going to be kicking themselves and saying, we wasted the process. Like, like that's the thing people need to remember about the 76ers, man. This isn't, this isn't just the past, like, few years. This is, like, the past, really, decade. Ever yes. since they blew up that team, I, I think, when, when was it? When, when they had... um. God, when they made the playoffs, they got eliminated by the Bulls. I think it was like 2010 or 2011. Like it was, it was the Andre Iguodala teams that they used Evan to have. Evan Turner and Andre Iguodala, yeah. Right, and and the start of that whole process was them drafting Michael Carter Williams, who won Rookie of the Year over Giannis because Giannis wasn't playing. It was the same draft class. That's a that's a fun bar trivia fact for y'all yeah. one day. Who won Rookie of the Year in Giannis's draft class? Michael Carter Williams. Um, but yeah, it was Michael Carter Williams, and they drafted Jaleel Okafor. They brought in Nerland's Noel, right? We're throwing some names back here. They had a bunch of more misses too. Markel Fultz, he's one of them. Um, but there have been a lot of guys still like still not over... ready. What a yeah, mean. No, I'm I sorry, mean, like... he's still not ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was what like 2018. So I guess you could really say the process only ended like four or five years ago, and they're still like they didn't get the right guys. Like they got a bunch of guys who are good players, a bunch of them are still having productive careers. No one's Noel's still a solid player. Like, but those guys aren't on the roster anymore. Like Drew Holiday, who I keep seeing in the slide coming up, he, he got traded to new Orleans, right? Like there's, and he won a championship. He went on to Milwaukee and won a championship. It's they're They're casting off the wrong guys. And this has just been an organizational failure for the past, like, 10 15 years if you want to take it even further back it's just there are some teams that know how to identify intangibles because everybody in the nba is talented you got to be talented to get to the nba but if you don't have that extra like that extra gene in you right you don't want it or you don't want it as bad as the guy who wants it the most you're not going to win because everybody wants it but if you don't then your team's not going to get anywhere. And if you're not able to identify those guys coming out of college or from overseas or from wherever they're coming from, your team's not going to win a championship. Milwaukee won a championship. Nobody thought the city of Milwaukee would win a championship, but they got the right guys. Yep. Well, no, they got the right guy. Like, that's the thing. I mean, that's why I think Giannis, like, he's going to be remembered 
as like one of like like people are gonna look back at him like especially his early years like they're gonna look back at like the next five or six years whatever as you know oh my god like he's great right but like the past like few years people like are gonna look back at that era and be like man he was like that great all along he they just the team just never put it all together like like but that's how good he was um but yeah no i mean like the the process when when you talk about the process right i mean like we all we've all like we've all like been there we've right like you know just talked a lot of crap about the 76ers and the process and and how like they were tanking which is now like look say what you want they've changed the culture in the nba whether it's for good or for bad that's to be determined i think a lot of fans would determine that to be bad but now this is something that people regularly do it's like we are not okay we're not in contention anymore we are going to be bad, and we're going to deliberately be bad for the next few years. The Miami Dolphins tried to do it. They tried to pay their coach to, to tank, and it didn't work. It, it really didn't work. It was like it was actually the worst-case scenario like for the Miami Dolphins when they were trying to tank. It was like, we're going to get, we're going to win 10 games. We're going to like win the most games you can win without making the playoffs every year from now on. Like that was, that was Brian Flores' ultimate payback against the Miami Dolphins. He says, I'm going to be good enough. Like, really good enough. So we think we make the playoffs, but we're not going to make the playoffs. Like, uh, but, you know, like, like so, I mean, like, luckily isn't transferred over to the NFL. But, I mean, they, to, to have all those early draft picks, that multiple number one overall draft picks, multiple top three draft picks, and to miss that many times. I mean, look, I'm a Cavs fan. They put me to shame. They put my franchise to shame. And we picked Anthony Bennett. We picked Anthony Bennett number one overall. Over Victor Oladipo, over over a lot. Like, look, twenty, like twenty. What was it? Twenty. That was twenty fourteen, right? Twenty fourteen draft or twenty thirteen, whatever year that was. It wasn't a great draft. It wasn't a great draft. But I do know that Anthony Bennett was one hundred percent the worst player picked in that entire first round. I don't care about the guy who didn't come over from 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 Lithuania, right? I don't care. He had a better he had a better pro basketball career. I promise you than Anthony Davis or Anthony Bennett has had. Like, I mean. I mean, I've had a better pro basketball career this year than Anthony Davis has had, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, James Harden, at the end of the day, they got to feel the pressure because, man, the city of Philadelphia, they have been waiting for a title for a very long time. Didn't happen with AI. Didn't happen with Evan Turner and, and Andre Godala. Is it going to happen with Joel Embiid and James Harden? Eh. And he says, no. nah. I said no. He says no. Well, we'll see what happens to James Harden and the 76ers. Moving on, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you, Ben, what's the what is the biggest storyline in this NBA playoffs that you're looking forward to the most? What's like one of the big stories or or one of the better teams, I should say, that you're look you're trying to see like or you're trying to that you want to see what they have? Like, you know, like like, like well, give me a story, Ben. T- talk to me. Um <laughs> I guess I guess there's two routes, and I, I'll, I'll keep it in the East just because uh, East Coast bias. Um, uh, you know, I'll throw one out in the West at the end. Are the Brooklyn Nets going to be able to figure it out? Um, I, probably the two most talented players in the league, uh, probably two most talented players in the playoffs. And, you know, they haven't really played together that much this year. They're kind of just like gelling lately. Um, because Kyrie had the whole Kyrie thing and, uh, you know, 
he was only able to play road games. I mean, you know, we all know what happened there. Um, are they going to be able to beat the Celtics in the first round, or is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to get bounced from the playoffs in the first round? Right? I mean, it's that's a crazy thought to have that if you told me, you know, two years ago, yeah, Kevin Durant and Kyrie are going to be on the same team, but they're going to be the seventh seed and they're going to lose in the first round. Like that's, I don't think anybody could have seen that coming. Uh, and the Celtics are probably the hottest team in the league right now. Yeah. So, and, the, and just to put a, just to put a note on that, the way they played, if the, if look as great as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant played against the Cavs, they played really well. Both of the, both those players played really well. As great as they played, they are not going to, they're not going to beat the Celtics playing that way because nobody else on that team showed up. Like, the fact that my Cavs, who were, they were crap that whole game. Like, they, we were garbage the majority of that game. And we got to a point where we were down by 20 in the fourth quarter, and then we came back and it was a five-point game with just a few minutes to go in the game. That should be terrifying. To any hardcore Brooklyn Nets fans, I know there's like four of you out there, but that should be that that should be terrifying to you because you, because the Cavs are not a great defensive team. They're not a, they're not a prolific offensive team, especially without Jared Allen. Like they 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 were out regardless. Uh, they were they were out. They were without. I should say their second best player at least on their team, and still managed to stay in the game late. For the Nets, they're gonna they're gonna have to do a lot better and I know Ben Simmons is you know he's now he's having Mark Fultz syndrome oh I'm not ready like he's just not ready I mean look mental health I understand that all that stuff but come on man you gotta play a game like a, like one game that's all I'm at one game but I mean look yeah I mean it's just the, the Nets have to get better as a team they have to cohesively play better than they did against the Cavs to be able to beat the Boston Celtics. Because the Celtics, like you said, hottest team in the NBA right now. I think Jason Tatum's out to prove a lot of people wrong. Because a lot of people have been saying, Jason Tatum's like a guy, he's like, oh, he's good. He's good. He's really good sometimes. Yeah, he's great sometimes. But he's not the guy. He's out to prove a lot of people wrong. I think Jason Tatum, by the way, is, he, he's got that gene. He's got that, or that, that X factor, that extra gear. And I think he's going to prove it in this playoffs. I would have never compared Jason Tatum to Paul Pierce because I think comparing anybody to Paul Pierce is like the meanest thing you can say to somebody. But because he's on Celtics and he plays small forward, Jason Tatum reminds me of Paul Pierce. Just, <laughs> just kind of you know, not a really good player. But I, I'm not going to remember anything about him when his career is over. Like he's he's going to have a great career, might win a championship at some point. But it's Jason Tatum. It's Paul Pierce. It's the same guy. Uh, other two storylines. I'll give them to you quick. Uh, nobody's talking about the Miami Heat, top to bottom, depth, great team, uh, look out. And I'll give you my West Coast one. Jokic is probably going to win MVP. Um, how far can the Nuggets go in the playoffs? They, you know, obviously injuries everywhere, but, you know, I, I, there, there has to come a time for him to win a championship. Like, he's he's got to do it eventually. Just, I don't know, I'll, I'll throw a pin in that. I'll throw a pin in the uh, watch out for the Nuggets. Without Jamal Murray, don't watch out for the Nuggets because I love Joe. I love Jokic. I love Jokic, and he was by far the MVP last season. I I, I fully agree with you there. But man, like it, it's just the West is too deep. There's just too many good teams 
for Jokic to be the guy who's going to dominate enough for you for the Nuggets to win. Especially when you talk about the team that I want to talk about next, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Like, I mean, like, I love Jokic. You match him up against all of that at once. The Warriors are just OP. Like, like we're back to the we're back to t- what was it, twenty third or not twenty thirteen, like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Splash Brothers. Splash yeah. Brothers, and they, now they got cousins in the house. Like it, it's crazy. James Wiseman is learning how to shoot threes now. The, the like and life is just crazy. No matter what, man. I, imagine you had a like. Imagine you were in a coma, Ben. Imagine you were in a coma after the twenty fifteen NBA Finals. You woke up. It's twenty twenty two. You think okay, something's got to change at this point. And you oh, look my up. First question: Why is why is everyone wearing masks? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You mean pajamas? Why, why is everyone why wearing? Why is everyone wearing pajamas? And then why are the people who are not wearing pajamas complaining about not wearing pajamas? Yeah, and then also, why are we talking about did President Trump? Did, what happened? <laughs> like what happened? Whoa! Yeah. Uh, We've anyway. had a wild four years. That would have been a weird time in history to be in a coma. Would have been. It, w- it would have been. Anyway. A, yeah, they would have. You would have missed a lot if you were in a coma in those years. But um, <laughs> but look, I mean, look. It's like I said, it's 2016 again. The Splash Brothers are back. They got Cousins now. The Warriors finished. With, no, I think Cousins is with uh, Denver now. No, uh, I see what you. No, I said like they got like their Splash Brothers and then they got Cousins. Oh, the Splash Cousin. Wiggins. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Wiggins, you know, and, yeah. you know, James Wiseman's doing his thing. You got, uh, you got, Poole. you got, they, they got, they got some ballers on that team. Look, I mean, yeah. they, fi- they finished 53 29, third in the Western Conference. And this is with Clay Thompson kind of being on a bit of a pitch count, minute control, whatever you want to call it. And he's going to be full-fledged, ready to go for the playoffs. You already know. I got a question for you, Ben. Are the Warriors back, and what can stop this team from winning it all? Uh, yeah, they're back. Why not? They're fun. Um, <laughs> what can stop them from winning it all? Uh, I don't know, like a cold stretch, an injury. I don't know. I feel like the West is fairly open, like, I think the only reason Phoenix kind of ran through everybody last year was just because there wasn't like one of those like super established teams out there. Um, it's, uh, you know, if, if they get hot, there's experience out there. They know what they're, they've, this group, this core has, has been through that before. So I, I really wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors are, are playing uh, late into the summer. I wouldn't be either. They're going to win the NBA Finals this year. Like, there's nothing right. that can stop this team. Like, this is, if you right. want to talk about a bold prediction, it's not that bold. I said it before this season. If Klay Thompson remains healthy, this is the team to beat. And it's not even close. In the West, no matter – like, no people want to talk about the Suns. DeAndre Ayton's a bad man. And he, proved, and he proved it in last year's NBA playoffs. But, but, but – and this is a big one. You want to talk about, oh, well, DeAndre Ayton's going to stop all everything on the inside. I'm like, God, that's great. That's great. You know what the great part is about small ball? It's played on the perimeter and on the inside. So if it doesn't work on the inside, Steph's going to be like, oh, okay, cool. He's just going to shoot threes, and what are you going to do? Oh, you're, Chris Paul, great. Clay Thompson, who's, who's guarding Clay Thompson? Who's guarding Andrew Wiggins? Who's guarding Poole? Who's guarding, like, at, at a certain point, it just becomes ridiculous with the amount of firepower this team has. Like, they, they give credence to the phrase, the the best defense is a good offense because that's what they have. And again, I mean, like Jokic, he's not gonna be enough. 
Like, I love the Utah Jazz. I love Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert is not going to be enough to stop that damn team. I mean, this might be the end for the Utah Jazz, honestly. Like, they, that's this might be their last run. Also, Warriors plus 800 to win the championship right now. I don't want to do it. <laughs> hey, man. Free Donovan Mitchell. So, yo, send him to send him to Dallas. That's what I want to see. Send him to Dallas. He's, he's he's forcing his way to the Knicks. There's really no other way about it. I, I love way. how I love how you just like going all in on the Knicks. Hey, what happened to the Knicks this year? <laughs> what happened? I think James Dolan got more involved in the offseason and that kind of uh <laughs> threw everything off. Yeah, I mean other people have theories that like that Thibodeau was a problem. Like like everyone else, like uh, by the way, I only bring Knicks fans on this show. I don't know why. But every but everyone else who's been on the show is just like, yeah, Thibodeau's a problem. Like he needs to go, and problems are mostly fixed. And I'm just like, really? I saw Julius Randle play this year. It, it didn't look great. That looked like a problem to me. Yeah, Julius Randle kind of got a uh, space jam. Like he got his powers taken from him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I the, look. It's you can't. Knicks fans always want to fire somebody. They made the playoffs last year. They were very good last year. Run it back this year. See what happens. Yeah, it's be patient. They're, just saying, they're still very young team. Quickly's very young. RJ's very young. It's you know they had the exact same team, the exact same team, and couldn't do shit with it. And Fournier, they brought in Fournier. So big free agent acquisition. Yeah, like a Kemba Walker, man. Like man, oh. Ooh, Ooh. that didn't work out. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. Maybe that's the person who needs to go. Let us know what you guys think in the chat. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Ben, let's move on and talk about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is the NFL Draft. I know, I know you've been waiting to talk about this for a long time. Look at this amazing graphic. By the way, if you're looking for a place to watch the NFL Draft and you don't have cable or you, want, or you don't want to support the woke sports media, a.k.a. ESPN, be sure to check out Real Take Sports Talk's live coverage of the NFL Draft, live draft night, April 28th, 6 p.m. Eastern start time. We're going to be taking you through the entire first round, reactions, coverage, all that jazz. We're going to bring back the tickers and the and everything. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge, people. It's going to be huge. April 28th, 6 p.m. Subscribe. Right. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna announce the picks from a, a big suede chair in your basement with a, a bucket of like jelly beans next to you? Roger uh, twenty sixteen. Uh, I mean, uh, no, I'm twenty sixteen. Uh, I see what. Um, no, no. I mean, look, I'm gonna. I am going to be wearing a very nice sweater. I do. I I am going to be doing that much. But no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let uh, the 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 reverb from Goodell from my computer do the work on that one. He's gonna. So so you're still gonna hear kind of maybe not Goodell YouTube. Don't fire me. Um. <laughs> anyway, you gotta hear enough of him that you can boot. That's really all that matters. That's a we're, we're doing uh, some master's talk, a tradition unlike any other. You see Roger Goodell on a stage, it's just a reflex. You got to boo that guy. Yeah, you got to boo him. And But you know, see, it's become less fun since he's been like, oh, come on. Oh, oh, oh. like I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to boo you anymore. You, you like it. <laughs> I, I don't want to cheer you. Indifferent. I'm going to turn my back. You know what? That's what we used to do. Everyone who's flying out to Cleveland, when, whenever Roger Goodell like comes up on that podium to announce a pick, don't 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 react. Just turn your back to him. It's the yeah. ultimate disrespect. If you want to really own, uh, if you want to own Goodell, that's what you do. You should, you should moon him. Give him the finger. Dude, just 
nasty stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of nasty stuff, yeah, NFL draft is full of a lot of nasty freaks of nature. You got Aiden Hutchinson, who is an absolute beast. Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, the list goes on and on. Malik Willis, who's also just like, dude, like, I, I know... I know he's not the most accurate quarterback in the league, but my God, does that dude have a cannon of an arm? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Big arms impress me. Yes, in both ways. Anyway, um, (laughs) Ben, NFL draft just around the corner. What's the one player you are most excited to see where they go and play in the NFL? Oh, boy. Um... I mean, I'm, I'm obviously interested in Malik Willis because I love, you know, everybody loves a quarterback. My, I'll give you my draft crush, the guy who uh, I'm looking at and I'm just like, yeah, this guy, people don't think he's as good as he actually is. Traylon Burks. Ooh. The receiver from Arkansas. That guy, oh, man, he is a dog. I, he uh, did not run a great 40. Uh, look. I'll be honest with you, but as a as the uh, self-proclaimed president of the uh, Trillenbergs fan club as of this moment, um, look, he he goes hog hunting with just his dogs and a knife, no gun, nothing. He's, he's like, you know what? The dogs are going to corner the hog, and I'm going to get up there and I'm going to kill it. No gun, just he's he's just out there. So, you know, if he. If he goes to the Jets, I'm worried that uh, just with the Jets' history of having, like, bad things happen to their players, um, I'm worried about that hog hunting thing if he goes to the Jets because I feel like something bad might happen. If he goes anywhere else, we're perfectly fine. Um, would love to see him go in the first round because you always love to see your guys go in the first round. But, look, if he goes in the second round, it just means we're hungrier. Go Hogs. Yeah, I mean – Look, I, I I do love Burks. He I think he is he, he he's gonna be a player to watch for sure. Uh, I mean, like like I mean, honestly, like if we're if we're gonna be honest, like the the one person who I think in this draft, I, there are a few people who I think are can't miss, right? Like like, like Aiden Hutchinson, I would put in that category. He's a can't miss type of guy. Uh, another player I would also put in that category is, and I know this is gonna this is gonna get a lot of people talking is uh, uh Derek Stingley cornerback from LSU. I am going to go out on a I'm limb gonna, here. You want me to talk? You want me to get talking on Derek Stingley? I uh, give me a second. Give me a second. I know people I know he's not the most physical guy. I know he's not the biggest guy. This dude is special. When I tell you to trust me on something, trust me. He is can't fail in the NFL. Derek Stingley, whatever team's going to take him, I think he should be I think he should be in contention for the number one overall pick. That's how good of a player I think he is. I think he's can't miss all pro, multiple time, Pro Bowl prospect. That's just me. And I know you disagree for some ungodly reason. You're gonna share it with us in a second, but and it, uh, it really hurts, and it really hurts because I'm an LSU guy. I love LSU. That 2019 run was the most special thing that I've ever. Just like I, I jumped on board very early with that team, and I've never had more fun rooting for a team. He, he he gets hurt a lot. I know, and I'm I know very very worried about him. He feels very fragile. I want nothing but the best for him. If he can stay healthy, he's 
all pro. Like I, I love his game. He just can't stay on the field. And I, and I hate to ding a guy for being injury prone because injuries are like, you know, sometimes just like total acts of like God or whatever, where some freaky thing happens. But then there's some guys who just get hurt a lot and they're in places like injuries are in places where like they flare up again or they can be re-aggravated. And like, I'm, I don't know. I feel like a guy with as lengthy of an injury history as him, I would just, I would just stay away from honestly, if I were a GM, he might not even be on my board. Wow. Just wow. What? You won't even be I on just your don't, board? I just don't want the worry. I do not want to take a guy and then have him only play three years in the league and everybody looking at me being like, you knew this guy had red flags all over the place. Why did you go and do If this that anyway? were the case, if that were the case, then Devontae Smith wouldn't be a first-round pick. He wouldn't be in the NFL right now. He wouldn't be on your team. If that was the case, like, there, there are so many players who – are you serious? You're that but, you're that concerned about Derek Singley, who when he's healthy on the field has proven that he is nothing but a an all pro prospect. When he's on the field, he's proven nothing but he will lock that son of a gun down. And he even proved on his pro day, he went through all the medical processes, he went through all the the the, the damn what are they called the checkups and all that crap. He did all that, and what did he do, Ben? What did he do? He passed every single physical. He is ready to go. He is primed for the NFL, and he's hungry. He is hungry. It's that trait of that 2019 LSU team that you and I know well. Those players, whether they play for the Bengals, which it seems like half of them do, or they play for anybody else, there's something different about that team. They're built different, and their desire, their ambition to play in the NFL and to play at a high level and compete for a championship. That is a championship-driven mentality that they have. Derek Stingley has it. And he's, oh, by the way, got all the talent in the world to back it up. Boo on you, sir. Boo on I'm, you. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I, I believe every single word about all that. But he, he's, he seems to get hurt every year, and he's a slow healer. Like, that was the thing that was bothering me because it was like, you know, oh, Stingley, you know, four to six weeks. And I was like, oh, he'll be out another couple of weeks. And I was like, we're just shutting him down for the year. I'm I'm just very worried about his ability to stay healthy. And if look, if he gets taken in the top five and he has a Hall of Fame career, good. I'm happy for him. I never want anybody's career to be derailed by injuries. But if I'm a GM and I'm sitting there with a need at cornerback in the top 10, I would probably look at, all right, where else do I have a need? Because if Stingley's the best guy available, I, I just can't. I, how, how do you rationalize taking that risk that high? I think I, I'm just going to, you know what? Fuck it. I'll throw it out as a take. I think that he's going to slip on draft night a little bit further than people think because of that exact reason that it's, it's hard to rationalize taking a cornerback top five, top 10, who has had injury problems. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the 15 to 25 range. That's fine. That's fine. Come to 14. Baltimore, we, we need cornerbacks. Like, we, we found out last year the true value of good quarterback. We found out last year the true value of a great practice squad player. And 
or, or the great value of players you haven't even signed yet. I mean, that was, my God, what a season the Ravens had last year. Hey, I'll tell you what, if Derek Stingley's on that team, we'd be fine at cornerback. Take Marlon Humphrey out, take take uh, Marcus Peters out, and Tavon Young, all of them. Keep your keep your damn Anthony Averitts. I'll, uh, uh, Derek Stingley will do just fine, and he's going to be a Baltimore Raven. He's got that mentality. Let's go. He's going to do pick sixes on Joe Burrow. Like, like If there's one guy I want on my team, it's the guy who played opposite of Joe Burrow for a year. Like That's what I want. I want that guy. We'll see if it happens. I hope it does. I mean, look, because like right now, everyone's got Baltimore taking um, an offensive lineman, which I'm not that concerned about, honestly. I really am not. Baltimore just seems to churn out good offensive linemen when they're not injured. They just seem like that. If there's one thing that my Baltimore Ravens know how to do, it's build in the uh, in the trenches. They will take a an undrafted rookie who actually no, they'll take an undrafted guy who hasn't played in the NFL for two years as a uh, like playing his first game. Boom! He'll next next time you see him, he'll get like a six year contract uh, when his contract's up in Baltimore and go you know, be a jabroni for some random team, and then he'll come back to Baltimore. Talking about you, Pernell McPhee. He got, your, he got, it, he got the ring, he got his bag, and he came back. Uh, <laughs> it's the process. Matthew Judon, we'll see you in three years. Um, we almost saw Zadarius Smith. That, that would have been a reunion, but no, nah, he wanted actual money. I was like, no, no, we, we, we don't pay you. No, that's what we do. We, your last two years in the league, when, you're, when, when you still have – Something to give, and and you got that, uh, you got that, like you got that mental acumen from all those losses you took for that for that team uh, you played for before. That's when we want you back, C.J. Mosley. Come on back in a year. Actually, no, actually, I don't want C.J. Mosley. He's trash now. You see, oh my God, that Jets team, man. You you, you weren't lying. Anyone who goes to the Jets is just like you're cursed. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. That's that's my prime example, Le'Veon Bell. That was bad. I can't believe I wanted Le'Veon Bell for the Ravens. I'm so glad we didn't get him. <laughs> well, you did eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. We did. Oh my god, that was that was great. He, he came in for two games, scored two touchdowns, wore number seventeen, and left. Like, yep. It, yep. it was. It was what what a roller coaster! Look, I'm sorry that I don't remember all the 80 players that <laughs> that suited up for the Ravens last year. It was a tumultuous season. We were eight and three. And then we wound up losing out. We were eight and three, number one seed in the AFC, and we and we lost six in a row. My God, what a what a world when that was. Could be worse though. Could be the Jags. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Jags, Ben, Jags have the number one overall pick. There's a whole whole host of players they could pick. I mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. I mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, both really good edge rushers, really good. Can't miss prospects in my mind as far as defensive players go, and the Jags need help anywhere they can get at this point. There's also a, a few wild cards. They could go offensive line. They could go Evan Neal or, or, or some people, some random people also have them potentially giving up on on uh, on the quarterback there in Trevor Lawrence, which I'm just like, they're not going to give up on him. He's fine. Just build around him, and that team will be fine. But yeah, it's a Jack, so you never know. So imagine like tanking for like three years from when the moment you saw Trevor Lawrence in his freshman year go to the national championship, being like, "We're going to tank for three years till this guy comes out," and then give up after him, give up after one year on him. Yeah, we'll see if that works. Hey man, that's the 76ers strategy come to life. 
it's the, it's the Josh Rosen strategy. Oh it is. God, the Josh Rosen strategy. Poor, poor Josh <laughs> Rosen. I, I am a, I am a Josh Rosen, Rosen apologist. I want it to be known. I, I feel so bad for that man. You gotta stop. Doing I know, that. I know. Stop. He's just throwing picks. He, he's becoming like. Remember Matt Schaub just came in like, like, like for yeah. the last like few years of his career, he was just come in, throw a pick six, and leave. <laughs> like, like yeah. that, that that was his entire gimmick. Um, it's like Brady's gonna do his magic trick. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Hutchinson at one, by the way, for the Jaguars. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I think they've got both of their tackles locked up for a while, so I don't think they're doing anything on the offensive line early. Yeah, I mean, look, and like that's the position that's going to cost you a lot of money if you try to go out and get free agent. God knows, you know. They, I mean, look, they they paid they paid uh, what was it, Cameron Kirk, all that money to play wide receiver, seventy four million dollars just to, to be okay. It's- I think I forget who it was. There's there's all these uh, NFL business guys that do like you know two days after Schefter reports what the agent tells him, the uh, the actual guys go and they're like, all right, Christian Kirk actually got a two year deal for like thirty five million dollars. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks thanks for letting me know. Like, ah, it's, still, the, it's way too much money non- for for Christian Kirk. It's way too much money. Yeah, it's, it's the going rate. No, no, I see he can go away, man. I don't want that. I don't, I don't, I don't want that rate. You can, that's the going rate. You can go, leave. Like, what the hell? Like, come on, get Christian Kirk. You could, dude, you could get, you could get like third round draft picks that are better right now than Christian Kirk is. Like, like he's, he's not that good. Like, like he was, you know what his thing was? DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. He was a product of DeAndre Hopkins being hurt for most of the year. By this logic, Marlon Brown, look it up, kids. Marlon Brown's 2013 season with the Baltimore Ravens. Set he, the dude had 70 catches, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. Everyone was like, Oh my god, he's a number one receiver, rookie year, putting up these great numbers. Look at the rest of his career. I don't even think he had seven yards after that. <laughs> like, and he, it wasn't a health issue, he just wasn't good. Kamar Aiken, same thing. Yeah, I, I, I can go on, man. The Baltimore Ravens have one hit wonders at wide receiver. God, I hope uh, Bateman isn't one of them, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, going back, I'm, I'm a Bateman guy. He's gonna be good. I hope he is. I really hope he is. I'm, I'm, I'm still. The jury's still out, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, he's he's gonna be as good as Lamar lets him be. I still think I love Lamar Jackson. I'm not like I'm not one of those idiots who believes like, oh, he's not a good passer or he's not a quarterbacker or whatever. Because there's still those idiots, right? Lamar Jackson has proven that he can be a good passer when he wants to be. I think there's a lot of times he chooses to rely on instinct, like complete instinct over what's there and what's in front of him. And he wants him. He always wants to go for the big play. He always wants to play Lamar ball. That's my one issue with Lamar Jackson. And I think, I think they'll coach him up. John Harbaugh and, and, and the crew, I hope would coach him up and tell him, Hey, you don't need to make the big play every time in the fourth quarter. When we're playing the chiefs, hell yeah, you better make the damn big play. You're like, you're the only reason we're going to win, but you know, we're playing the Browns. You know, it's week eight. You don't need to. It's just the second quarter, Lamar. Let's chill out. Um, but we'll see about that. But Aiden Hutchinson's the pick. He's the guy. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, like, if I'm a Jags fan, don't be mad if you get, like, Thibodeau. Don't be mad if you get another one of these really good defensive players. It's a defensive-heavy draft. Like, there are going to be a lot of good all-pros coming out of this draft on defense. But... Like, I mean, like, there's there's one big can't miss in Hutchinson. I think Thibodeau probably could end up having a better career. Um, 
because that's just what happens. Like that, I, I have no evidence to prove that other than the fact that, you know, like like hey, Jadavion Clowney had a really good career. Like he did good, but like there were a lot of better defensive players uh, who were picked after him in the draft. I'm just saying, like it's it's just it's just how it plays out. It's just how it plays out. Now I, I'll I'll throw a question at you. We got we got the Packers. Everybody's been complaining about oh Aaron Rodgers is going to demand a receiver in the first round or the second round he's never taken a receiver in the first round uh I'll shoehorn back in the uh the Ravens thing another former first round pick at receiver that played for the Ravens Sammy Watkins signed up with the Packers today oh uh, yeah it's, it's gonna so, keep so they could they could the Packers could look at him and be like Aaron we got you the first round receiver he was fourth overall once uh what what are the Packers doing at receiver? Nothing. How early? E- evident. Oh oh oh! You mean in the draft? I'm about to say like, what are they yeah. doing at receiver now? Nothing. Being like a whole lot of. No- I had. Hey, we did. We had negative. Sammy Watkins. Really? It, it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was uh, as uh, as a former president would say. Uh, not good. Uh, not good. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I need to play that game with you after we go offline. Um, but I mean, look. The Packers, I, I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, the guy who I'm asking for, if, if like, let's say the Packers don't trade up, uh, if, if Trey Burks doesn't fall to them, I, I would say go for Sky Moore. I think Sky Moore out of, uh, I think Western Michigan or wherever that Jabroni plays, uh, Sky Moore, like the dude's fast, he's undersized, but I think that he's going to be, he's going to be a better version of Hollywood Brown to be honest with you, like hopefully one a version with hands. Um, the dude's really fast. And he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. It's very difficult to screw that up. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, like when, when you think about it, a lot of his best receivers, out, like I think Randall Cobb is the one exception. And we saw what he could do with Randall Cobb in his prime. It was it was a lot of really good football. Aaron Rodgers usually likes the 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 possession receivers, and and it's very rare that he's had the opportunity to have like this really speedy little guy. But you know, I I, th- I want to see what Aaron Rodgers can do with that guy, and I think that's whatever you want to say, Sky Moore is an impeccable talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And I, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers could make it work. That being said, who knows, man? Who knows? They're probably going to pick like, I don't know, some random cornerback again, like they did last year and, and be like, Hey Aaron, we got your help on the other side of the ball. Even though that wasn't the problem. They don't, they only lost like, like Jimmy G didn't even score any points in that game. It was all the, the leg of, uh, of Robbie Gold, like, but hey, the Packers need help on offense. If they don't, if they don't pick uh, an, a, a wide receiver at this point, I don't know what they're doing. Genuinely, don't know what they're doing because if the, the opportunity to run Aaron Rodgers out of town was like this past year, and you and you did enough to, to warrant that, like, like, like that was that was pretty much evident. But I mean, at this point, you have to get better because you lost a lot of your best pieces. You lost. I think they, they lost three wide receivers this year because they because they lost uh, Devontae Adams, they lost St. Brown, and they lost uh, that other – Yeah, but Van De, the names, man. What a, amazing names over there in, in uh, Green Bay. But, uh, but yeah, so like, they lost three best players uh, – or three of their best receivers. They lost uh, two of their best uh, defensive linemen and, and pass rushers. Like, this is a team that is – well on their way to being not just not a contender anymore. Like we're t- we're talking about a rebuild here. Like I w- and I hate giving up on quarterbacks. I'm telling you. Like 
no, no. Two years from now, they're going to rebuild. But I'm telling you, I hate giving up on quarterbacks. And this is nothing against Jordan Love. Right now, he's not the guy. I don't think that's a that's a, oh, yeah, he's, no, he's, that's he's a big it. statement. Like he's not the guy. I, I saw the way he played against that Kansas City defense. A Kansas City defense that at that point wasn't even playing good in the season. Like like the Jordan Love game was actually like right before they turned it around for the season, and it was bad. Like there were throws he made that made you say what are you doing? Like he was throwing into the dirt, which is like the worst place you can throw. Cause you're not even throwing picks at that point. You're not even like airing it out. You're just, you're, you're just scared. He's playing scared. I, I don't know what it is, man. You've been sitting there behind one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And you picked up very little and you're playing with an offense. That's really good. Like, I don't know, man. I, I again, wish him the best, but he's not the guy. He's not the answer for the Packers. Long term, short term, like any term. He's gone. Get him out of here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, though, as, uh, oh, my God, the chat's blowing up. Oh, God. the chat. I, I love the chat. What I love I the said. chat. Right, yeah. uh, well, I mean, well, 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 Liam, who is uh, who is one of our admins, he's, uh, he's from Scotland, by the way. He, say, he oh. says he likes you. He, he, yeah, yeah. He, he, he says he digs your vibe. Uh, and... <laughs> and then and they're arguing about so there's this other admin I have whose name is Cincy Edits, been running around a long time. He's a huge Bengals fan. And right Stop. now Le- Liam and Cincy are arguing in the chat about oh. the Bengals and the uh and, <laughs> and whether or not they're gonna be good. Liam doesn't know anything about football really. He's just rooting he's like, I like the Bengals last year because they were the underdog. This year they're not the underdog. I want to root for someone else, which I love. I love the vibe, man. That, that's that's probably, what, yeah, no, that's probably fine. That's what football is all about, actually. Just root for the underdog <laughs> every year. Uh, since yeah, I'm no longer ignoring you, Liam says, hey, Omar, we love the new guy, but at least say hi to us. Hey, man, we're, we're deep in, in football conversation right now. We're Speaking of which, I, like, like you're lucky you're getting this time. We still have a bunch more segments to go, um, but I'm going to make this quick. Um, Cincy in the chat says, we still have the same team, just a better O-line. Not that much better. Uh, since no, he also better. I'm a Bengals guy. I'm a Bengals guy. Cincy, I'm with you. I'm a Bengals guy. They're, this is – we're going to get – we might not win the Super Bowl this year, but we're going to get closer. We're Like, it's a better team than last year. I'll say that. So. And, yes, boys, I finally did notice you. There, you got your attention. Be happy. Now talk amongst each other while we move on to our next segment. Uh, Liam says, wait, wait, how about can we I, talk – I, get... <laughs> well, I was just going to say, can I get, like – 15 seconds of thoughts on Matt Corral from you. Oh, qu- oh, quarterback Matt Corral. Oh my god. Ah. Uh, I want to like him. I want to like him a lot. Like I like I don't want to say he's a bust cuz he's a lot better than Mitch Trubisky when he came out of the same school. <laughs> uh or he came out of came out of North Carolina anyway, the state. But uh look, look. I think when if he goes to the right team who doesn't put him in the line of fire Immediately, he could be good. He like I I think he can be good. He, he like what he he had what thirty touchdowns, six picks, like the seventy percent completion percentage. The dude the dude's solid quarterback. Again, there are very few ACC quarterbacks that work out well outside of the state of Clemson or outside the school of Clemson. So I'm going to uh, with a grain of salt say he's going to be fine. That being said, he's not the best quarterback in this draft. I like I'm very adamant about that. 
And the guy who I think is going to be the best quarterback in the draft isn't necessarily the guy who's the best right now. He's the guy who's going to be the best five years from now. And that is Desmond Ritter. And mm. the, the I know the one, mm. but yes. I'm telling you, there's something about winning quarterbacks in college football when it, tra- it translates to the NFL. I don't care who it's been. Look, Case Keenum. Say what you want. It translated in the NFL, and he did a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. You have, you no, have no, I have more. I have more. I have like, more. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I don't want to start. I want, I want to sprinkle some. You know, you, you don't go for the spice of media. You, you know, you sprinkle some salt and some pepper in there, and then you go for the paprika, and then you go for the pe- you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work it in. Let me before play. All right. Um, <laughs> but no, but like, look, Russell Wilson is the ultimate example of this. But like, even the Case Keenum example, how dare you push back to that? He's a bet. He, Case Keenum, out of the last, what is it, two starting quarterbacks that the Vikings have had, he's been far better one, far better than Kirk Cousins. Like, it's not even, I know there's a lot of people like, oh, Kirk Cousins had not had a chance. Oh, Kirk Cousins had a better team than Case Keenum had the year before. A healthier team with Dalvin Cook. Couldn't do. Cr- couldn't do crap with it. I swear, every time I do this show and, and anyone brings up anything remotely related to the Vikings, I get triggered because Kirk Cousins just gets all of these guaranteed contracts for no reason. They gave him a three. How do you give Kirk Cousins three guaranteed contracts? I think Vikings fans hate him more than you do. I'll, I'll say my thing on Matt Corral. I, <laughs> yeah. I completely disagree with you. Ride the lightning. Draft him, baby. He's, he is electric. That guy... I don't care if he's good. Good doesn't matter when you draft Matt Corral. He's going to be fun, and that's all that matters. You're going to have a lot of fun with Matt Corral. Draft Malik Willis. He he he's ready. Like <laughs> he's ready. He, he he'll be fine. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> uh, they want us to talk about real football. Hey, you wait till November. I will talk about real football. Real take cup talk coming to you soon. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Ben, let's move on from the NFL draft and talk about everyone's favorite NFL owner, Daniel Snyder. Are uh, you ready to talk about this, man? I mean, uh, yeah. Where do I begin? What he's, he owns a football I mean, I, team so that he has a, a front for his money laundering uh, schemes. That's, that's basically what it seems like how about, going on here. How about I set the stage and you just take it from there? Okay. All right. So another off season, Another scandal for the Washington, formerly known as the Washington football team. Now the Washington Commanders, that's going to take some getting used to. A 20-page letter detailed what the committee, uh, with some House committee, I don't know what the House committee was. It was a House committee from Congress. A congressional committee said that there was a multi-year process of altering records to hide revenue that led to more profits being shown for the Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder's in hot water. He's apparently both robbed the tax man and the NFL. That's something you just don't want to do. Uh-uh. The allegation of financial improprieties were made by former longtime employees of the Washington Commanders. Uh, March 14th, they met with members of Congress to take part in an investigation into the team's culture probe, which is still going on. Like the work, the workplace culture probe is still going on for this team. Damn good culture. It's actually damn good, isn't it? Um, we, we like uh, there's members of Congress who've gone on record saying this is absolutely ridiculous. The NFL is obviously not happy with this. 
if this is 100% true, I would say this if because Dan Snyder has been known to sue a lot of people and do cease and desist, including the people uh, whose channels I've been on and talked about Dan Snyder on. So uh, if this is true, uh, Ben, how much trouble is Dan Snyder in? And is this going to be the thing that finally takes him down? You got to put one in the jar there for calling the charter again. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. So, well, we've got how many? How many probes do we have on this guy right now? We've got. You said there was the culture one. Oh, there's I got. The, I, okay. First of all, ta- so wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I, I'm going to say what I what I okay, have, and then okay. you tell me where I'm missing. I, so we've got the culture one, which is that's just people are that's like an outside. The team hired a lawyer to look into their own culture. One, two, the NFL is looking at him for stealing a po- for stealing visiting teams revenue yep three separately the government is looking into whether he was hiding revenue yep. from so so there are two revenue-based scandals happening at the same time but they're separate things uh, and what the one else th- there's one more but it's the one that nobody really cares about uh the fact that he's a goddamn racist for calling that team what he called it and then paying people. This is this is not Go ahead, sue me. This is 100% proven fact. You paid people. You paid Native Americans to come out and say that they were fine with the team when every when there when there were multiple polls, when there were the the the, the majority of Native American community said that that name was racist. Just saying. But there's that again. No one really cares about that one. But, uh, but, but so th- th- it's been a tumultuous four years for the Washington Football Team, the Washington Commanders, whatever you want to call them. The commies. The commies. That's a great name. What a name. Red and yellow. It's you know should put the hammer and sickle on their helmet. Yeah, I would have would have been much better than what they got now. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is. I think everybody's kind of looked at this team is just a disaster for a while. And I think we've all been like, you know, uh, we all know there's bad stuff going on here, but we don't think anything's ever going to happen from it. I think we've all become a little jaded on this whole Dan Snyder thing, just because none of it was really affecting anybody besides like just the fans and being like, yeah, this is hard to be a part of and like hard to root for. Now it's like, all right, we've got crimes going on. We've got like, you know, but yeah, crimes. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. He's got crimes. Like the man's, the man's just out here doing crime, just like, yeah, football season, crime season, let's roll. Um, this, if everything that I've read and everything that I've heard is that this is probably the best chance that we're going to get to get rid of Dan Snyder, just because, like, you know, yeah, you can be racist. Yeah, you can, like, you know, take nude pictures of your cheerleaders and send them around and, like, yeah, you can like shouldn't send... be able to. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be, but he was. But all the the rest of the owners are like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, okay, John Gruden, send whatever you know messed up emails you want back and forth. Bruce Allen, like, go ahead. We'll get we'll fire John Gruden for that, but we're not going to get um, we're not going to get Dan Snyder in trouble for it. If you come for our money, if you take five million dollars from me, right? Every owner who's worth like billions of dollars. The second that they lose like five million, which is like again in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of money compared to what they're worth. Like the second you take any bit of money from them, it's like, all right, get out of here, pal. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, again, this is probably the best shot. It seems that uh, there ever will be for the owners to come together and be like, he's, he's stealing our money now. This is about us now. Um, so yeah, you know what, for, for the sanctity of the NFL, for the holiness of the national football league, for the shield, this is, this is all, it. yeah. Yeah. For the, yes. For the shield, for the shield, they're doing it for the shield, protecting the shield. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for him to get away with this one, especially because, uh, We've got all all the owners seem to be upset about it, but I feel like we've said that about Dan Snyder every time. He's like, "There's no way he gets away with this one," and he's uh, he's always gotten away with it. So, again, surprised if he gets away with this one? No, not at all. Would I be surprised if he doesn't get away with it? No. I mean, it's it could go either way. The, if this doesn't take him down, nothing will. Like Dan yeah. Snyder could could murder someone in 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 cold blood in the middle he could of shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. Teflon Dan, he could walk shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and he wouldn't lose a, a season ticket holder. Not well, what? <laughs> yeah, because there's three of them, dude. I think those yeah. people are never going away. I've I've been to that stadium. I, I if you ever. The days of going to a Washington football team game. By the way, we, we, we I, I lived in D.C. for a while. Going to one of those games was harder than going to a Ravens game from D.C. proper. Like, it was actually more difficult to do. Because not only did you have to get on the Metro once, twice, for 40 minutes, if you're lucky. Then you had to walk an additional 40 minutes from the Metro. And walk through people's yards, which was really weird. That the the way that stadium's like situated, where it's situated, is terrible. It's in Maryland, by the way. Uh, they are Maryland's second best team. They are not a DC team. But yeah, and like and like, look, t- tickets. Like I remember when I used to go to those games. Tickets used to be, it used to be more expensive to get like one chicken tender at a game than it was to spe- the the money you'd spend on tickets. And they were nice seats. I'd get like fifty yard line seats. For like a solid twenty bucks, which outrageous. Jets, uh, Washington. I was at that game. Sat the fifty yard line. Nice view. Uh, I, I was eating. I was eating popcorn that was way more expensive than, than my ticket. It was crazy. But that's the team, man. They ain't, they ain't got no season ticket holders. And again, if this doesn't take him down, nothing will. Like I, I genuinely believe that because if you, you got to like honestly, at this point. I think the one guy who's going to dictate all this because he dictates everything in the NFL, it's not Roger Goodell. It's Jerry Jones at one of these owners meeting looking over at Dan Snyder with disgust being like, that motherfucker robbed a lot of money from me. I He was like a son to me one time, but but he's, he's not anymore. He, he took my it's, goddamn money. It's John Mara and oh my Art God. Rooney. Those John are the two Mara. guys. Oh. Those are the two guys. They... Run. I think, they, I, they think I hate John Mara more stuff. than I hate any other. Own, I, 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 I think I hate John Mara more than I hate Dan Snyder. Hey, hey, hey no taunting. We're going to take taunting out of the game. That was him. That was John Mara. He was, he was the no taunting. A year after they brought it back. They brought it back just so they could take it away. Like, like, like the, the, I mean, I know why they did it because it was to, it, it was to bring up a, a, a revenue for their upcoming TV deal, which it worked. And then they were like, all right, we got our money. You damn players can't have fun. Like, come on. Absolutely not. No. (laughs) 
They stopped calling it though, so it's whatever. But oh god, they, but there were games decided. Like you remember that Monday Night Football game, Steelers Bears, middle of the season, like like and uh, like like yeah, Big Ben March. Yeah, Cassius Marsh got the mm-hmm. taunt, which, which which was. I'm, but I don't need to relitigate. I don't need to relitigate. It was taunting. They should have called it. He stayed on the field too long. He needs to get off the field. You have to get <laughs> so off the field. Dumb. Thank you, John That's Mara. So Thank you, John Mara, for that. <laughs> it's like but anyway, yeah. I mean, if, if anybody's getting him out of the league, it's going to be John Mara and Art Rooney. But yeah, it's those are the those are the uh, the uh, the big boys of the boys club. Those two. Oh, oh the biggest boys. The Burley boys, or whoever buys the Broncos, maybe the, maybe a guy will buy the Broncos is worth like you know thirty million dollars. That that's what I love about the NFL owners club, where it's like you could have the richest guy come in, and it's like no, the Maras and the Rooneys are like their entire wealth is their teams, and they're in charge of everything. Like if they sold their team, like if if this happened to either of them, like. And and the NFL like seized the team, they would all be like broke. Like they don't have I don't think they have wealth outside of the football team. Like the team is the wealth, but Or in um, the case of uh or in the case of Raiders over Mark Davis, he'd be working for me. Yeah. Yeah, that Mark Davis is a prime example of like lives in his van, goes to PF Chang's, like just he that is a guy who should not be in charge of anything. You would think it would happen to him instead of Dan Snyder, but Dan Snyder loves to trip over his shoelaces and uh, shouldn't be in charge of anything. Anyway. By the way, there is like, uh, th- there's a protest going on in the chat right now between Liam and Cincy because I called you okay. forever. You, you, you have, you, you have fans. Congratulations, Ben. You go. have fans. Follow the Twitter. That's, you gotta, you gotta prove your, uh, prove your, prove your loyalty. Prove yep. it. Prove, prove your <laughs> loyalty. Call, follow now. Follow yeah. him on Twitter at the Couch Trap or Couch Nap, whatever that thing says. Couch yeah. Nap, the Couch yeah. Nap. Yep, there we go on Twitter. Uh, remember, remember, yeah, now. I'm, I'm remember. A, I'm a cult leader now. There's some sick Kool Aid I want you guys to try. So give it, a, give it a taste. Man, this is this is why I hate doing shows during Ramadan. I always uh, like, like I don't know. I'm like foggy brain by the end because I haven't eaten at all today. Like I've had some water, but like you know, it's it, it's not conducive to a good show. I'm gonna have to drink coffee next time I do a show just to have like some energy and be wired. But you know, I'm just giving... start it later. You should just start it later and eat a little bit before. Oh, I, got, I got work to do. I got work to do, man. Hey, we, we hey, Bill's got to get paid. That's true. Someone's got to pay for that new stadium that Kathy Hochul was building. I mean, it's not me, but someone's got to pay for it. Yeah, Bill's got to get paid. Yeah. Tax dollars. Oh my god, Bills fans were so mad. I did a video on that too. I was like, Bill, I was like, man, like NFL fans are getting scammed, and Bills fans came at me so hard. They were like, How dare you say anything about my Bills? I want them to build an expensive stadium that they don't really need in the suburbs that's like two hours away from where I live in Buffalo. I love how. It's always, you know, oh, billionaires should pay for their own stadiums. But the second your team is threatening to leave your city, it's like, you can take all my tax dollars. It's fine. It's like, all right, well, stop being hypocrites about it. Like, just, just admit that you're a hypocrite about it. Like, billionaires should pay for their own stadiums. But if my billionaire is threatening to leave the team, is threatening to leave my city, yeah, I'll I'll give whatever tax dollars you need. Don't leave. Like, I can just, respect just that. Just admit it. Just admit they're all hypocritical. Yeah, yeah it's, it's perfectly okay. fine to hey, be hypocritical. Hey, hey. It's okay to be a snowflake, just like our snowflake of the week, 
Baker Mayfield. Ben Baker Mayfield has had a tumultuous offseason. He has not been a happy camper. There was the big Deshaun Watson trade. Say what you want about that. He's now a Cleveland Brown. Baker Mayfield is going to be on the outs eventually. They're going to find a trade partner, and it's likely going to be the Carolina Panthers. But we're not talking about that specifically right now. We're talking about what Baker Mayfield had to say on, I believe it was uh, some dude, some random YouTuber's podcast. The, the, the name's in the corner. I gave him credit. Anyway, Snowflake Baker Mayfield had a lot to say when he was asked if he felt disrespected by the Cleveland Browns after the Watson trade. Let's take a listen. Truly, honestly, have no regrets of my time in Cleveland, of what I tried to give to that place. Right. And true Clevelanders and true Browns fans know, know that. And that's why I can walk away from the whole situation feeling like I, I did it. And now, do you, feel like, do you feel like the way the office has handled it has been disrespectful to you, given, what's, given where you came in and where they are now? And uh, I mean, yeah, the respect thing is like, it, it's all, it's all going to be like a personal opinion. Yeah, like, and it's I don't, all- I, no, I, I feel disrespected 100% mm-hmm. because I was told one thing and they completed did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got, I got my taste of it because I've had four different head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators. I've had, talk about the highs. They always come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always come back. <laughs> always yeah. Back. But like, I mean, I had great times my rookie year. Like, I didn't, I didn't start in the beginning. I came in and got to have fun the back half of the year. Twenty nineteen sucked. Twenty twenty was great. Made the playoffs. Twenty twenty one was miserable. It's like, yeah. I'm just looking for stabilization right now, and like, I know what I need to do for me to be to be the best version of me and to be able to lead an organization. And like, I'm gonna. So there you go. Baker Mayfield had a lot to say there. He said that, you know, whether or not he felt disrespected was going to be a personal matter. And then he proceeded to make it a public matter for everyone else just one sentence later. Uh, Ben, Baker Mayfield, look, I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be upset and, 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 and feel disrespected in a way because, you know, I mean, look, it's a messy situation with Watson. I get that. But... Does he have the right to to publicly display his dissatisfaction in this way? And has he earned that right, honestly, with this play on the field? Yeah, sure. I mean, if he wants to talk about it, he can talk about it. I, it's, uh, I think this has probably been the problem with Baker the whole time, right? The reason that he's not the quarterback there is because uh, they have been, as he said himself, like very up and down. There's been no... Uh, stability and i think a lot of that's probably i'm not gonna say a lot but i think some of it's probably his fault i mean he didn't have to play this entire year he was very stubborn uh he had a bad shoulder um which turned into an entire bad arm um i know it's his non-throwing side but it's still half of his body um and when they weren't playing well all he had to do was just be like yeah you know what i'll shut it down for the year and we're not competitive and I'll go get the surgery that I need and I'll come back next year. No, he decided to play it out. Um, people got mad at him. Teammates got mad at him because it was like, dude, you're clearly not okay right now. Like I get that he wants to be a warrior, but I think uh, Baker's starting to strike me as one of these guys that has like a weird uh, like concept of masculinity, I guess, where you know, you have to tough everything out and like be a a tough man. It's like, dude, sometimes just hang it up, pack it in, come back next year. 
but no, he was being stubborn about it and he ended up losing his job for it. I mean, he's, it, it seems like everything that everyone said about him, I've never really heard that many people be like, yeah, Baker's a great teammate. I love having him around. Like, I, I feel like the most that we've heard has just been like Odell being like, he's impossible to get along with. I can't play with that guy. Get me out of here. And I honestly think that Odell having a great, like, catching on period with the Rams and then winning a Super Bowl with them, catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl, like, that probably all contributed to the Browns looking at Baker and being like, just kind of reevaluating the entire thing. Just being like, we had this great talent at receiver that wasn't playing well. And we all talked ourselves into being like, oh, you know, he's a little washed up. He's a little over the hill, whatever. But then he leaves and he's going and playing at the same level that he was at before he got there. The same guy that you traded for. Why weren't we getting that guy? Maybe everything he was saying about Baker is legit. Right. And when you lead, once you get to that conclusion, um, it's tough to come back from that, especially when you've seen with your own eyes how stubborn Baker is. Um, and there probably aren't a lot of people vouching for him. Jarvis Landry is asking out. Um, He's gone. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, I don't I don't know what you really do with that guy, especially when Deshaun Watson's available and you're able to make a deal like it's it's tough. I mean, you want you want to be able to have stability at every position, especially the quarterback position. But with a personality like Baker, who's not really willing to, like, put the team first over uh, his own, like, stubbornness and wanting to play. Right. Because like, that's what a good teammates being a good teammates about. Right. If you know that for the team, let's shut it down. I'll come back next year and we'll have stability as an organization next year, because I will be healthy and I will be the number one quarterback next year. Don't worry about it. I'll be better. He didn't do that. And he forced through it. And he thought that being a good teammate was that, but it really wasn't. Yeah, and I think the Browns have just kind of they're kind of done with it. I, everybody's been saying he's immature. It's, you know, and talking about the whole thing after saying, I'm not going to talk about it, like literally a sentence after. It's a little immature. I mean, it's it's everything that's that people have not liked about. Baker. It's like that. Uh, it was a Dave Chappelle sketch uh, when they did the the Rick James sketch. Right. Where it's like, it's like, what am I gonna do? Like, drag my feet on someone's couch? I got a lot more sense than that. I wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, I remember dragging my feet on Eddie's couch. Like, like that's exactly what he did. And I, I, I like you bring up the point of like the the warped view of or distorted, I should say, view of like uh, masculinity. Because I mean, this is the same dude who, after a loss uh, in his rookie year, like what he remember, he like shaved his uh, beard off randomly. And when they asked him about it, he was like, I deserved it. I'm just like, uh, okay, not not exactly taking care of, of your of your mental health in the best, the most uh, productive way. But hey, you do you, man, right? But I, I think that I think the biggest thing about Baker Mayfield that kind of rubs off when you see him or when you hear him speak, right? Imagine being one of his teammates, and how and like imagine being one of his teammates listening to that all day. Him being the quarterback, him being the the appointed leader and, and, and the leader. The quarterback is the leader of the team, most cases, right? How tiresome does that get? Like, imagine how just exhausted you are 
from from the guy who's given all these these I'm sure he's given a lot of like you know classic like sports tropes and and you know tried to project that same type of oh, I need I deserve to shave my whatever off like like he's tried to project that I'm sure on his teammates and it hasn't worked and he's known to throw his teammates under the bus which is not something you want to do when you're a young quarterback especially when you got someone like Odell playing for you like Odell Beckham Jr say what you want the dude made it work with Eli dude made it work with Daniel Jones he did, it didn't make it work with, or it didn't work with Baker and it worked with Matthew Stafford what's the What's the X factor? What's the common denominator here? It's Baker Mayfield. He was the problem. That's not saying that Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback. That's not saying that Baker Mayfield's a bust. But when you look at, when you reassess that 2018 draft, I'll tell you what, he's not a top two quarterback in that draft. Not at all. Like, like here's the thing. There's, like, like people want to say, there's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Like, we know that they're a top two, but then there's a bit of a drop. Like, and Baker's right there. Like it, it, it's what it is. Like, we, like, do you really want your legacy to be? Yeah, at least you weren't Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Like, you're about to be Sam Darnold because you're about to be saying playing for the same team as him. The Panthers are gonna trade for you. The Panthers are where all 2018 busts are going to go to die. Josh Rosen will be a Carolina. They need to complete that trifecta, man. I'm telling you, Panthers need to. They got to trade for Baker. Like, he's not gonna be expensive. Be a six round pick. Trade for Baker Mayfield. Get yourself some Josh Rosen. And let's see who the real third best quarterback of that draft is. I think the strangest thing that I've gotten out of the last, like, I, it's really just been the last two off seasons. It's just how quickly teams are giving up on quarterbacks. Like it, it's, there's never been, I, I've never seen this before where a team drafts a quarterback in the first round it used to be if you drafted a guy in the first round and he was your starter and he was still on his rookie contract, he was going to play out that rookie contract and he would probably get a second contract unless he like, was stunk the high heaven. Mm-hmm. Baker, Darnold, like both. Rosen. Both these guys, <laughs> Rosen. Like they've just, right. I mean, Rosen was immediate, but you know, you're having these guys. Like there, it doesn't seem like there's such a thing as a franchise quarterback anymore. There are guys who are all world level quarterbacks, but it seems like teams are, you know, the Lions could have just been like, yeah, we're gonna Matt Stafford will retire a lion. We're not trading Matt Stafford, but like he will be with us through the highs and the lows. The Giants had the opportunity to do that with Eli Manning. They could have traded him to the Jaguars and gotten a first round pick. They were Eli Manning's finishing his career as a giant. The, the Steelers, I'm sure when Big Ben was healthier three or four years ago, could have traded him, but they were still fairly competitive and they kept Big Ben around. The, I mean, Phil Rivers was with the Chargers like as long as they were competitive and then he left last year. But you're seeing guys getting traded in like the prime of their careers or when they still have like four or five more years left. Like when a team could look at a guy and say, we could we could make one last run with this guy. The Lions could have built around Matt Stafford and been like, you know what? We're going to make one last run and see if we can go out on top with this guy when he's 37, 38 years old. But you're seeing teams just trade quarterbacks in the prime of their careers. Like quarterbacks didn't get traded like this. This never. This is not something that happened. You're guys right. I mean, franchise you, guy, you would start and end your career in one place. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, I, I think the changing of the guard really started happening in the early 2010s. Like, like, like that's like, so I, I kind of mark the 2010 NFL draft being the ch- turning point in in quarterback, like, commentary, quarterback history, whatever you want to call it, right? Because I mean, you're the quarterback. What? It's the year of the quarterback. It was ESPN the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. ESPN. Hey, hey it, it, they were right. It was the year of the quarterback <laughs> because that's the year that a lot of this stuff started to really change and happen. Remember, that was the year Jimmy Clausen was drafted early in the second round by the Carolina Panthers. What happened the next year? They get the number one overall pick. They see Cam Newton there. Can't not take Cam Newton. It was very much that Josh Rosen and, and, uh, and Kyler Murray scenario that played out with the Cardinals just a few years ago. And I think that's like one of the real first instances where we saw something like that. Like this wasn't, you know, this wasn't Kurt Warner coming in and taking Trent Green's job and just being the best quarterback in the like improving it throughout the season. This was, we have given up on this guy. We have it's been a year. We had, we were the worst record in the in the league. We are giving up on this guy. You're right. In years previous, what would they have done? They would have said, "All right, cool." Cam Newton's a really good prospect, but we believe in Jimmy Clausen. We have to believe in Jimmy Clausen. They would have taken, you know, uh, who was it was like Ziggy Ansa or someone else who was in that draft uh, as a defensive end. But they did. They would have traded down. Any they would have traded, traded down. Yeah, and, like, and, and, ever... yeah and, 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 but the thing is, they didn't. And it worked. And that's what I think teams noticed. They were like, Okay, the quarterback position is the most important position in football because that's the person who is delegating all responsibility and choosing where the ball goes. The ball is in their hands. That's that's the, the game. You win the game through the quarterback position. But and when teams noticed that they could just give up on quarterbacks and, oh, my God, the sky didn't fall. Oh, my God, wow, fans aren't, like, turning their backs on the franchise. They're like, oh, wow, we're winning? Or we're doing better than we were last year. We're showing some sort of progression at the quarterback position. Okay. And now I think you're seeing it. We're, at at certain point, it's going to balance itself out. I'm telling you. At a certain point, it's going to balance itself out. Right now, what we're seeing is the wheeling and dealing that are like Madden levels of just insane. Like, I, you could you could fast forward three years in Madden. The NFL would not look uh, as crazy as it does now. Matt Ryan's a cult. Carson Wentz is a... A uh, 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 Washington Commander. You got uh, you got Marcus Mariota coming over, being a Falcon now. It, it, like the NFL is topsy turvy. The quarterback position is topsy turvy. In many respects, that position has become very similar to the NBA, where you could ask your way out. Watts improved that, even with everything that's going on in his situation. And I think you're right. At some point, there was that changing of the guard, and and I I agree with you in this respect. I don't like it. Because I do think that it endears people it, it endears people less to team loyalty and and all that and more so to players or it endears people more to team loyalty than it does to players and you got to have that nice balance that's why it's good when you have a guy like say what you want about Joe Flacco my favorite quarterback of all time Joe Flacco I will go to my grave thinking that because he was really the first franchise quarterback the Ravens had for better or worse that was our guy and. While that wasn't necessarily the smart decision, especially the latter years of his career, it was that it was it, 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 it's hard to explain, but you lived with it and you and you you almost learned to love it. I know I'm making it sound like this is some sort of like hostage situation, which it was. You know, Joe Flacco, he 
he took that team hostage for a while, but, uh, but look, I mean, like there's something endearing about that and something you can't really explain. Like that's our guy. And I can rip on Flacco as much as I want because that's my dude. But if you do now, we're throwing hands. There's something, maybe that's, maybe that is the wrong way to think about it. Who knows? Maybe it is all working out for the better. Maybe we're progressing as a society. I don't know. I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's weird with all this movement, like, it seems like all the teams that traded a guy either had a guy ready, like the Texans were like, network, Davis Mills is the guy, we can get rid of Deshaun Watson, and you know, the Saints were in on Deshaun Watson, but they're like, now we can bring him, we can bring James back, like, you've got a draft now that's not quarterback strong, but there are quarterbacks, there's, you know, three or four that could make a case for going in the first round. I mean, where do those guys go? Like who needs a quarterback right now? Like, mm. like wh- who, who takes a quarterback in the first rounds this year? Here's I mean, what I'll say. Seattle, maybe Pittsburgh. Like. I, I, I think just very quickly to your point, the, the thing is nowadays, I think the difference is from like, you know, 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago, the the amount of good quarterbacks, the amount of qualified quarterbacks, the amount of well-trained quarterbacks there is, there's way more now than there ever have been because there's much more of an emphasis in developing quarterbacks at different levels of the game. Yeah. I think that's that's like that plays into the difference we're seeing with, you know, team teams are more willing to move on from quarterbacks because there's actually other options out there that they can live with. Yeah, I don't know. It's and it's it's weird because I mean Jimmy G's been to NFC Championship game on NFC Championship game, and the 49ers were ready to move on from him, and it looks like he's coming back. And I, I don't think anybody would look at Jimmy G and be like, you know, yeah, that guy's a top 10 quarterback, but he wins football games. Isn't that the goal? I like, mean, I, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'll tell you who is a top 10 quarterback who people are sleeping on. It's Gardner Flint Minshew to second. I don't know what <laughs> the best he is. He is definitely the second best quarterback in that division. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> He's going to be the, the best quarterback in that division if he sticks around there long enough because Dak Prescott's probably going to regress his Cowboys crap. Um, but like, that's that's one name out there. Like, like, like you, you know why? You, you want to know why? You want to know why the uh, – you want to know why this is all happening? Why why there's so the quarterback carousel is so, as big as it is? It's because a guy like Gardner Flint Minshew can throw 41 touchdowns, uh, 12 interceptions in his first 20 starts in the NFL, and still just be another guy. That's why. That's my answer. To that and it's, like, and it's tragic because he. You look at those numbers, and any other year would be like, yeah, he's give him a shot. Let him be the guy. But be the Jaguars the are like, Jaguars are like, no, we just lost 15 straight with him. So, no, okay, thing. okay. To be fair, they they lost like I think it was like eight straight with him, and then they were like, all right, Mike Glennon. And like th- then they went full in for the tank. They went all in. They benched Robinson. They benched Minshew. They were like, we are going in for the. They traded in Gakwe. We are going all yeah. in on 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 number one. Two years in a row. Let's see how long it takes yeah. them to mess the, mess up this process. They even benched Glenn at one point. And we saw Jake Luton. Never forget oh, Jake Luton. Oh, poor Jake Lutton. Poor, poor Jake Lutton. I, I hope. Jake, Jake, if you're out there, man. <laughs> or Come on. You, you, you got an open invite on the show anytime. 
we're not going to pay you, but you know, <laughs> I'm not getting paid to be here. Look, hey, here how about this? I love it. I, 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 I love actually, it. no, that is a lie. That's a lie. There, there are records that 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 there are records that say that I have paid you to be here. I have paid you. True. This is a job. That is true. Is it a minimum? Is it a living wage? No, not at all. But it's a nice. Is it wage. a minimum wage? Is it a minimum wage? It, it's minimum. It's oh, minimum. It's not. It's not minimum. But but is it a nice wage? No, no, no. I'm I'm not saying it's a minimum wage. I'm saying it's a minimum. Uh, that's it's pretty. Small. Oh, I was just asking if it was a nice wage. It's a nice wage. I just made that joke. Just made that joke. But put, put it together, kids. Anyway, uh, anyway. So let's move on and talk about the USFL, Ben. The United States Football League is officially making its return this weekend. Houston Gamblers taking on the Michigan Panthers. Philadelphia Stars taking on the New Orleans Breakers. And the Tampa Bay Bandits taking on the Pittsburgh Maulers. My oh my, football is back and it's not even August. It was reported Thursday that the league has sold tickets from fans from all 50 states. And... It's in large part due to the fact that it's kind of making Birmingham a bit of a tourist uh, attraction. For those who don't know, all the games are going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama for the entire year, which say what you want. Look, can't, you can't burn money on travel if you don't travel. There you go. Uh, ticket prices are $10 per ticket with children under 15 getting in for free with the purchase of any adult ticket. What a gimmick. What a gimmick to fill up those seats. I mean, it's smart. It's going to make it look good. Let's see if it actually gets them the money. Though we've seen the AAF, uh, we've seen the AAF Ben come in and three. fail. Three. I know, three. Um, we've seen the AAF come in and fail. We saw the XFL throw up the X. It was so good for so long. I love it. You still got the DC Defender Shield. I was at the game, by the way. I was at the game. Defender Shield, baby. I was at every home game. Oh, oh! You were at the Cup Snake game. Look at that. We we we, yep. we were we were yep. closer than we ever thought we, we would be before <laughs> uh, before we even met. But we've seen a lot of leagues come and go. Is the USFL going to buck that trend? Are they going to be able to withstand uh, the, a a potential closure, or are they just going to go the way of the AAF and the XFL? I mean. <laughs> This is this is a weird thing just because like they're playing all the games in Birmingham. Like maybe this will become like a little football museum in Birmingham where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go down to Birmingham in the spring, see some USFL. And it's like, oh yeah, that's one of the things to do in Birmingham in the spring. You just go down and watch some USFL football. I I don't really think people are gonna like watch these games on TV. I'm I'm look. Anytime there's football on, I usually plan my entire weekend around it. I'm usually not available in the fall on Saturdays or Sundays. Um, I'm very available in the <laughs> spring on Saturdays and Sundays. I, this is this has not interfered at all with my plans. Um, I did not know this was happening until I started prepping for this show. Um, so... They, they're really going to have to find a niche in Birmingham. And I'm, I absolutely love that all the teams are associated with a location. And only <laughs> one of them is associated with Birmingham. Yeah. Which is, uh, 
look, th- look, the fix is in. The Birmingham Stallions are going to win <laughs> the inaugural and XFL championship. I mean, look, it's I agree with you. Here's the thing. I'm someone who who wants to be a USFL fan, right? I'm someone who wants to root for this league, wants to see it succeed. And even I had to do a lot of digging to find out the very little information that I did. And when you have like entities like NBC and and uh, Fox Sports like going in on this venture and and trying to make this a a, 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 a reliable product, that's not a good sign for sports. And 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 because I, I mean. Say what you want about the XFL in 2020, and it didn't last. Like it, it's it's about of a lot of jokes now. The XFL in 2020, they advertised the shit out of that thing, like yeah. on my phone, on my TV, wherever I was. The XFL 2020 was everywhere. Vince McMahon was in there, like in that amazing, colorful XFL studio that they used to have, being like. The XFL is coming back in 2020. And I was like, hell yeah. All right, Vince. Like, like, and I was ready for football. And the product that they put out was really good. It makes me want to root for the USFL and the XFL, which is coming back next year. Which, by the way, new logo is horrendous. Uh, but, I mean, look. It's a, it's, the, the, the thing I don't like about this league is, I get it. They're like, people want to say they're a parody league. But when you throw out like a gimmick like this, where it's just like all, all the, like we're gonna have uh, kids get in for free and 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 you know like I mean the ten dollar tickets look it's affordable I like that but when they're not playing in in the same city if this t- if this league does not last the season spring football like no one should ever try a spring football league again like they they are doing everything they can to save money here like like they are playing in one stadium. One stadium, Ben. The players are living there. They're probably not even paying. They're probably all moving there. They're probably not even, like, getting the cost of living paid. They're not staying in hotels. They're not playing for travel. Like, it's not that hard to get a school, to rent a school bus and, and have the kids, like, have the players go over to the stadium. No. Like, like this is a bare-bones operation they got going with a lot of big investors. If this doesn't work, I don't know what will. I, I, I genuinely think, like, even The Rock next year. Like, like it makes me worry about the XFL next year. So uh, let's let's be positive for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna hype up the USFL because I'm doing a quick little uh, dig through the rosters. I've got, oh, yeah. I've got a storyline for you. You ready? The Michigan Panthers. We've got a quarterback battle. Shane yeah. Patterson. He's a uh, go Rebs and uh, Paxton Lynch. They're gonna be battling for uh, who's gonna be a starting quarterback. No, they're not. No, they are yes, not. They are. No, they're not. Yeah, you know why? You know you, you want to know why? Shane Patterson was like the what? first pick in that draft. And and Paxton Lynch was like the 18th round pick in that draft. But Paxton Lynch is tall. People forget that. Paxton <laughs> I'm sorry, tall. I forgot. I forgot. I know you have a bias towards tall people in general. And by the way, uh, ben, by the way, for those asking, yes, Ben is six foot seven. I, yeah, I'm actually six seven. People will know that. Um, the here we go. We've got another thing on the Michigan Panthers. Uh, they have a tight end named Joey Magnifico, Italian. Um, and they also have an influencer playing defensive end. You know, it's, I don't even know if he's an influencer. He's just a guy that pops up on my uh, my Snapchat uh, explore page or whatever it's called. Uh, Chase Demore. He doesn't seem very into it uh, from the things that I see that he's posting. Um, all right, I'm doing a run through on the New Jersey Generals names. Don't see anything interesting here. None of the guys that I know. Uh, that's disappointing. Uh, yeah, this is. 
you look at the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Stars, Stars yet? Yeah, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Stars. Let's see. Do we have anybody that I know? Uh, does not look like it. Oh, Bug Howard from North go. Carolina. I remember him because his name's Bug. Uh, doesn't seem like there's really anything else on, on this roster. <laughs> yeah, th- there's <laughs> not. I mean, uh, look. Not a lot of talent. I was – here's the thing. I was, like, making – so so Ben, I was I did a video on this yesterday where because yesterday the XFL announced uh, all of their head coaches right and Bob Soups, he's back I know boy oh boy dude I mean Bob Soups like I love how Bob Soups is like so old he can have two comebacks yeah, <laughs> like, he can, like, he can, Bob Soups is a god he can do whatever he wants yeah I mean look. I am I am a huge fan of uh, of these spring football leagues, but I gotta say, when it comes to which one won the the head coaching search, the XFL kind of ran away with this one. I mean, look, like I am not saying that Jeff Fisher was a bad coach in any way, but when you put up just the names and the experience of some of these people, and some in some cases bad experience when you're talking about USFL coaches, Todd Haley. All right, that, that's like that's all you need to know about the Tampa Bay Bandits. They're not going to be good this year. All right, you got Todd Haley, Larry Fedora, Kevin Sumlin, Skip Holtz, son of God-fearing Christian Lou Holtz, uh, Mike Riley, Bart Andres, Kirby Wilson, not a bad coach there, and Jeff Fisher. That's look. I I have the saying, KTGA, keep the guys around. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to learn anybody's name. Just keep giving me the same people over and over. I'll be very happy with that. This is a good league for that. There's any spring football league where we can just keep recycling the same names, where it's like I don't need to know anything new. Just give me names that I'm familiar with from like ten years ago. I like that. Uh, How about Pittsburgh this? Pittsburgh quarterback, by the way, is Kyle Alletta. Hell yeah. Yeah. How about uh, this? I'll give. I'll give you. I'll give you some guys that you do know that are much better than all those guys. Uh, you talk about the XFL side, all right? Here's some of the notable head coaches they announced: Jim Haslett, former Hall of or Hall of Fame cornerback Rod Woodson. I don't know why he's coaching, but okay. Heinz Ward, who has been a coach. Heinz Ward's been a coach, not for a head coach, not a head coach, but he's been a coach. He was he was the coach for, for like he was a coach for the Jets. He was like an oh. offensive. I think oh, he was a wide receivers Lord. coach or something for the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rod. Uh, so so Rod Woodson, Heinz Ward, Jim Haslett, who has been a head coach in the NFL, Anthony Betch, who has been uh, uh who I believe was a coach for the not Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers, one of those two. Uh, and then you got the then you got the big guns. Then you got Bob Stoops, the living legend himself, and you got Wade Phillips. Say what you want, Wade Phillips oh. is definitely a keep guys around type of guy. Like that is a, oh, he's yeah. a guy. Oh, these all are. These are all guys. Uh, also, wait, Mark Tressman. What? Mark Tressman? Oh yeah, that's a great. They're that's bringing a back great, Mark Tressman. That's a yeah. one, Mark Tressman. Uh, oh, Birmingham God. Stallions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw two names out at you for the Birmingham Stallions. Absolutely Absolute. stacked on defense if we're doing like 2014 Pac-12. Uh, Scooby Wright and Josh Shaw. You remember Josh Shaw when he uh, jumped off the balcony and lied about it? Yeah, and then he got suspended for gambling on football. That's what he got kicked out of the league for. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. This is great. Scooby Wright. I hope Scooby Wright wears the, um, wears the cowboy collar again. He needs to be wearing that. Keep him safe. <laughs> one thing I got to say, man. One thing I got to say. 
already though, from looking at like the start times of these leagues, the XFL is way smarter than the USFL because the USFL is waiting until April to start. Which, by the way, that puts like their championship sometime in June, maybe July. The XFL is like we are starting the week after the Super Bowl. Football is still yes. fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. and on top of that, we can't get our best players poached because by the time we're done our season. Training camps aren't even like remotely started. Like we're not, we're barely started uh, voluntary offseason workouts. Like that is a very smart decision by the by the by the XFL. Not saying every decision they've made is smart. Um, case in point, while I pull this up, guys, hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. The new XFL logo is absolutely dog shit. My God, Ben, have you seen this thing? It it looks very corporate. It is so bad. Like, like, here's the thing. I don't think the issue necessarily is that, you know, it's a, such a stark departure. I think the bigger issue is that it just sucks. Um, I'm trying to find it. Can't seem to find it. It's okay. I'll, 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 I'll vamp because I have two names on the New Orleans Breakers tree to watch out for. Go ahead. You guys there, I, watch. There, there, you, you can kind of see it right there. It's, I, I pulled up a, a thumbnail that I had, but the... Look at that. that yeah, that's doesn't actually. The, well, look at that. XFL. Yeah. What? Yeah, come uh, on. Anyway, New Orleans Breakers quarterback. Yeah. Uh, NFL preseason legend. He would be a Hall of Famer if the preseason was the only thing we played. Kyle Sloter. Uh, Kyle Sloter was a beast yeah. to play with in Madden. <laughs> he was Kyle Sloter. If you guys played Madden 2000 and like 13 or 2000, whatever, 14. Whatever year that was, man, oh, man, he made Pat Mahomes look like a jabron. Like, it was like, like, like oh, my God. Slaughter was a guy. That, that was a guy in Madden. Yeah. It was him and Tyler Thigpen. You couldn't mess with those two in Madden. Arms. And the other, the other guy on uh, New Orleans, they have a defensive tackle named Christian Christian. Great man. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, has Pittsburgh Steelers and D.C. Defenders legend Eli Rogers wearing zero. And uh, John Franklin from uh, Last Chance to You, he's he's on that team also. So, oh, also Jordan Thomas was playing quarterback. So, got got some great. Oh, we Melifa. I'm I'm literally just reading names right now. I'm I'm doing my favorite bit, which is just remembering guys. Like it's it's the tweet where it's like dudes could sit around and just name old sports players and have a it's great true. time for four it's hours. It's true. I, I, just, I love doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure, you Dalen remember Mack. Dalen Mack is on. Dalen uh, Mack is What? Bay. Yeah, USFL. Oh, no, no, he's, no, he's going to suck because he plays for Todd Haley. <laughs> Yo, this Tampa Bay I roster is too good for, for – Rashad Davis is on this team? Yo, that was my dude. I was rooting for – I was rooting – so hard for Rashad Davis to succeed. He's out of James Madison. I was like, you know, he's a Virginia kid. Oh, no. He's going to suck, too. Oh, God. All these guys are going to suck. Jordan Laisley. He played for the Ravens. Oh, no. Oh, I remember him. He's going to suck, too. Oh, God. I'm just like, 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 who's going to suck in the Tampa Bay? Anyone who plays for Tampa Bay. Eli Rogers. I can't believe Eli Rogers. Like has to go. The saddest, the saddest thing I think is when you know a guy and you're like all excited to see him play in like one of these like minor league football things, and then he just doesn't dress for the game because it's like no, he's actually not that good. He's like not good enough to get on the field here. It's like damn, 
Eli Rogers is really like the third receiver on this team. Like that's, that's how it was in uh, with Cardale, the defenders. Like, I mean, Cardale eventually got benched for I've, Nobody cares about this. I'm, I'm talking about like deep going deep into the DC defenders and like, bro, they played five games. Nobody watched them. Chill out. I'm like, I, no, I no, 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 no. First of all, first of all, lies. People did watch the XFL in 2020. The ratings for those like people are like, oh my god, only a million people watch those games. I'm like, dude, this is television. This is television. Like, if you talk. Take this away from football. You can't compare it to the NFL. If you put this against anything they would have had in that time slot, it w- it, it it it's done immensely better. Like a million Dude. views, like a million views. People don't understand a million views for anything nowadays in primetime television is like exactly what what television stations want. Because outside of sports, you're never gonna get that. If you're just replaying some rap- crappy movie on TNT. Bro, I watch Toledo and Kent State every Tuesday in like November. This is what I like to watch. Like, if exactly. you put football on TV, I will watch it. It's that easy. Except the USFL. I'm not watching the USFL. If you put football on TV, are oh, you not watching? Wait, wait, what? You're not I'm watching not, the USFL? Why? 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 Oh, come on. Because it's spring and I have things to do. If it's still That's winter fair. when the XFL's on. Like, and I'm still, like, craving football. I need to be, like, weaned off football a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to watch the XFL. This, there's been too much of a gap between football and, and this. But, but like, if no, if, if you put football on TV and I'm, my brain is in, like, football mode, I will sit and watch football. Like, it's it's that easy. I'm just, like, looking through this old uh... – these old it's like two years old the dc defenders roster the dc <laughs> defenders roster the only team that dc the only real football team that dc has had since like yeah. the, since 1999 whenever uh washington moved out of the uh, rfk i mean it's i'm the last like, time tyree jackson played quarterback he's a star tight end now for the philadelphia eagles oh my god dude i remember Everyone and their mother was wishing if Tyree Jackson was the starter of that team. No one believed in Cardell Jones. Like I remember, like I was like, "All right, let's give Cardell Jones his chance." Whatever he was, he thought he was going to be some big prospect after he won that national championship. He never was. Everyone knew that. But also, screw Cardell Jones. I, I, I don't. Okay, look, this has nothing to do with Cardell Jones as a person. Absolutely nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with me as a football fan. Screw him. For ruining Braxton Miller's career. Braxton Miller would have been, he would have been the first Lamar Jackson had it not been for one, okay, he got injured, whatever. But Cardell Jones' dumbass had to come in there and take his, 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 take JT Barrett's starting job, which put Braxton Miller in a position where he was like, I, I have to play wide receiver now because I can't play otherwise because no one has any faith in me at quarterback anymore. I'm just like, man, that, that put like, Look, that Ohio State run, like there was a run there in Ohio State where they had they they had the next generation of quarterbacks and they didn't even know it and no one wanted to believe it. Like they had uh Terrell Pryor, who by the way, looking back, was not that bad as a quarterback. People want to say, like, oh, he really, sucked. Yeah. Not really. Like like compared to what else the Raiders were trotting out, like the 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 all due respect to the Bruce Gradkowski's of the world. We all remember that one amazing game he had against the Steelers where he came back and beat them um like 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 look say what you want uh the the nfl record for longest run by a quarterback in nfl history belongs to who for all prior exactly like he he is in the history books as a quarterback and then a big ups to him he got paid as a wide receiver too 
I, I'm glad he got his bag. Yeah. Oh, man. My, my favorite thing about Cardell, though, and that one defenders game, and then I'll, then I'll shut up about the defenders. The, this, the, the, the audience for the XFL was just a bunch of dudes with the same exact brain. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. when Cardell completed his first pass on his first drive, the entire stadium simultaneously broke out into an MVP chant. Nobody coordinated this. Nobody started this, and then everybody else caught on. We all went to that game being like, Cardale won a national championship in college recently. The yeah. first pass that he completes, we are all going to go nuts. Like, and, and, we, and, and, and every group amongst themselves said this, and, we're gonna be, and we were all like, we're going to start the MVP chant for Cardale. And everybody there did that, and that's how you know you have the perfect group watching a football game when everyone in the stadium is of the same mind that it's like we're, we're giving Cardell Jones MVP chance on his first completed pass. It was like a 12 yard catch and run. Like it was nothing special, but we, we did that. This I'm is not, this is not me minimizing uh, COVID-19. I don't want people to take this as me minimizing COVID-19, but one of the worst things that COVID took away from us was the XFL that year. It was such a fun ride, man. It was such a – I just wish we got to see how it ended. I was invested in that season. I was really invested in that season. I was so also very invested in the way that league was set up. You had Pat McAfee, like, on the sidelines. Like, like the amount of access that the XFL gave us to players, it was insane. Cardell Jones would throw a pick because he did that, like, a few times a game. <laughs> he would throw a pick. You'd have, like, Pat McAfee or Josina Anderson come up to him and be like, hey, Cardell, you just threw a pick. How'd that feel? And he'd be like, not fucking good. Like, <laughs> like not great. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, like, I, I loved it, man. Like, I, I long for those, like, well, it was only, like, five games, too. It was, like... It, it felt like it was longer. Like, I remember, like, I paid very close attention. It felt like it was longer. But... Uh, I think there was only, like, maybe one game in the, in the entire season that hit the over. Nobody was scoring. That league, there was, there was just no points happening. That was, that was the sad part of it where, you know, we were like, oh, we're going to have, like, you know, you know, total of 45 total of 51 and it was just like 20 to 3 and i was like oh okay maybe i tell you this much teams are not dealing high quality teams were teams were scoring on the defenders is what was happening you got yeah yeah, you got yeah you got the wildcats dropping 39 on us you got the tampa bay vipers dropping 25 hey we won against the seattle dragons that's all i wanted i wanted us to win against the seattle dragons i was the opener i was so hyped for that game I was watching it with my with, with my friend trying to get him in the football. He had just watched the Super Bowl and he was just like, "Okay, I'll give football a chance." I'm like, "Just the XFL. Come on. Come on. You guys got to deliver." And boy, they deliver. He's like, "I like this better than the NFL." <laughs> like, and I was like, "Yes, cuz they had that uh what was it the XFL that had that layered uh uh, uh two-point conversion system?" Yes, you could go for you could kick or you could go for two or you could go for three. That was yeah. amazing. Whoever Whoever came up with that winner is you. The NFL should adopt that. Like, I'm 100%. Like, I, I don't like – here's the thing. I don't like gimmicky rule changes for or for the NFL. I don't – I'm not a huge fan of the college football. It works for college football, but I'm not a huge fan of the college football overtime in the NFL. To me, that's way too gimmicky. Maybe I'll change my mind in 20 years. Ask me then. But, like, I don't know. Like, something like that, I'm just like, eh, that makes the game interesting. Like, if you had, like, a three-point like, three conversion, like, that's a lot of points. 
Like you could be down by four, like and and still be in the game. I mean, it's just it's time to innovate, man. Time to innovate. Anyway, it seems like we've talked more about the XFL than the USFL. So uh, we well, probably make on where we are with the USFL. Yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, I am going to, tr- so just for everyone's awareness, I'm going to try to do a USFL stream this weekend. Again, try. We'll, we'll try. We'll see how well it does. We'll see how many people tune up. And if you do tune in, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. I think we've pretty much exhausted our time here, Ben. Uh, ben, where can people find you? What do you want to shout out? Any final just, thoughts? You know, just hit up the Twitter. I'd, I'd be... I'd be tweeting, I'd be posting, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> if I, if I see something and I, and I post it, it's, you know, I don't post a ton, but if I'm posting on there, uh, it's definitely worth paying attention to. I might fire off a tweet after this, just letting everybody know about my, my real favorite draft prospects because he's probably not going to get drafted. Uh, so I don't know if he counts as like a draft prospect, but, uh, yeah, you know what? Follow the Twitter. That's a Twitter exclusive uh, uh at the couch meal. nap yeah at I the love couch nap on the couch. nothing nothing's nothing hits better than just watching a game on tv dozing off uh so before we go uh we have some things in the chat that we need to address liam Good. in the chat says hey new dude want to be on toon talk it happens on the 32nd of every month. So, like, a few months ago, I promised to do this thing called Real Take Toon Talk, where I would talk about cartoons. And needless to say, much like this show, which we haven't done in three weeks, it's been delayed. That's why Liam's always asking, where, where's Toon Talk? And it just never comes. Uh, but Much like Veer uh, in WWE. But uh, we'll give you a preview right now, because he says new guy new guy they want new guy to be they, they don't they're not calling you by your name they're just like new guy yeah, they no, want that's fair. That's fair. yeah they say like, new guy fair. needs to be the co-host of tune talk so i'll ask you this new guy ben yeah. the couch nap favorite cartoon of all time and why and no south park and family guy don't count simpsons okay no adult themed <laughs> cartoons count has to be child's play uh simpsons no, I don't know. Shoot. Uh, trying Come to on. think. What did I what did I even grow up watching? What was what was I watching on TV? Same shit I grew up watching, man. I'm sure it was was that Slack? Um that sounded like Slack. It was it was very triggering. Or it's ten o'clock. It's not Slack time. It's time to be slacking. Um oh god, what car I don't even remember I guess Phineas and Ferb. That's what's on top of my head right now. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, you strike me. You strike me as a as a Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated type of guy. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that show was great. That had the music. That had the the jokes. It had the Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was good. It's like uh, Perry the Platypus. He's Perry. Yeah. He put, bro, he put a self destruct button on everything. <laughs> he he never learned. <laughs> it was it was amazing. But hey hey, you know what I wa- watching some of that back? I realized it's like yo, Doofin Doctor Doofenshmirtz was like actually like a really good dude. Like you know he, he like him and his wife may have divorced, but he cared about his daughter. Like he Vanessa. protected her. Like Vanessa. Yeah, I was like yeah man, good on you, Doc. Good on you, Doc. And he, he wasn't toxic like that. Good on you. For me, it's Ed and Eddie, man. Ed and Eddie is like the best, like the pinnacle of, of my childhood. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. It's a show about being a kid. 
and also like scamming people. By the way, guys, be sure to leave a super chat on this video. Like that, <laughs> hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell because I am a heartless, emotionless shill for myself. Ben, final, final thoughts before we go. <laughs> Just, uh, I'm going to drop the draft take on Twitter and, uh, Preview. I'm going to, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to tweet a name. I, and, and if you're following and you watch this, you're going to know what I'm talking about because you're expecting a name to drop. But if you're one of the people who's following my Twitter, uh, hang on, I autocorrect. Mm. It's look, it's just one of my, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite guy. Um, there we go. It's out there. If you saw that on Twitter, drop the comment in the chat right now. We're going to do a little, how about a little live, uh, live action thing where it's, it's out there right now. Call and response. That's what I was looking for. Call, Call and, and response. response. Call and response. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a second, I guess, then to see if anyone actually does that. Yeah, I'm giving you guys a treasure hunt. You have a treasure hunt to do. We're uh, going on a quest. Hold up. Let me let me see this name. Yeah. By the way, do I even follow you? That's a, that, <laughs> that's another yeah. that's another thing we got to figure out. Do I even follow you? I got very into. Uh, the Vice Explained series on Netflix the other night. Watched like 10 of them. There's one of them on Pirates. Pretty sick. <laughs> Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, okay. I don't even know who this guy is. Who is this Jabron? Uh, like, don't say his name. Don't say his name. Okay, there you go. Number, uh, yeah, number 88. I'm just going to say that. Okay, you, you didn't hear me say what school he played at, but. Uh, that school has a history of uh, talent making it to the NFL. So, and I, and I love watching the school play. Also, do the uh, speaking of pirates, pirates booty bet and the Baltimore nose and uh, snake bitten. It's basically every night I bet against the pirates, the Orioles, and the Diamondbacks. That's that's a they good thing. Yeah, that's a pretty good bet to take. Uh, Long-term strategy. We got work. one. We got that. one. We got one. Somebody saw it? Thank you. Yeah, somebody Thank saw you. it. We got one. Look at that. Vindication. Yeah. Call and response. Fans. Call and response. Yeah. Well, guys, what a response this has been. I'm I'm so sorry for all of you who've had to sit through my terrible drabble this. I can't even say that word right. I'm sorry for everyone who's had to sit through this. Ben's given you some amazing takes. I've given you some eh moments, but we got through this show. Be sure to hit that like button. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Tune in to Real Take Wrestle Talk live on Tuesdays. Real Take Sports Talk live on Wednesdays or Thursdays, whenever I feel like it. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. www.youtube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. www.youtube.com forward slash Real Take Wrestling for all your latest wrestling needs. We are going to be live for the April 28th NFL Draft, 6 p.m., live that Thursday. Check that out. Also, head on over to Twitter, at Real Take Sports. Follow us there for all the late-breaking videos, and that's where we update you on everything that's going on. Also, be sure to follow Ben at The Couch Nap. That is at The Couch Nap, all one word. No spaces, no dashes, nothing. 
Oh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to tweet a bunch of the new emojis. So if you haven't updated your phone yet, you're going to see a bunch of question marks. So go update your phone so you can see me tweet the new emojis. Yep, go update your phone unless you have an Android, in which case you're fucked. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Out. Out. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Until next time, I've been Omer Q. And as always, everyone, be happy, be healthy. RIP Dwayne Haskins. And keep it real.